0: Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler.
1: And I'm going back to the museum where I belong.
2: I mean, I'm Alex. And I'm Britton. And guys, we've seen uh, Indiana Jones, this is our final outing with Indiana Jones, and we've seen him go up against a lot of crazy villains, get out of a lot of scrapes. But in this movie, we learn that his worst enemy truly is the green screen let's begin (laughs) smash cut we open on a cgi prairie dog (laughs) a bunch of rowdy teens are carousing their way through cairo maybe anyway (laughs) (laughs) what movie are we talking about this week guys
1: uh indiana jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull (laughs) hey now that sounds like a
2: fun adventure all right, so get this. We smash cut, CGI purged. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, at one point, did ask think to myself, is this a production logo? Because <laughs> movies nowadays, hey, guys, movies today, movies today, am I right, mm-hmm. have like 16 production logos before every movie? <laughs> and so I was like, oh, this must be like... It's like, get to the movie, you know? <laughs> <This must laughs> be- what is this? This is probably called like ground up films or something. <laughs> but then I realized, oh, this is the movie. Oh, this is the movie. Well,
1: to be fair, like with the other Indiana Jones movies, it does the Paramount logo yeah, and then the it Mount merges Maduro. into yes. something else. Except no, this yeah, one was stupid. S-
2: except this one was stupid. What are the scores on this one, A Town?
0: <laughs> John Williams, I think.
2: Hey, there you go.
1: Y'all are just on a roll tonight.
0: Are we? In- <laughs> I think we just are trying to not talk about this movie.
1: <laughs> not- Which is funny because I actually had a good time watching it. Yeah, that. no, I no, really don't hate this because, as much as it's gonna seem
0: like Well that's what I was gonna say. Not because it's necessarily like the worst thing ever. Yeah. But just- it's
1: not it's not the abomination that, that yes. the internet would have you believe. <clears throat> no.
0: It might be worse though. And not not worse than what the internet would have you believe. It might be worse. What it ends up being might be worse than if it was actually an abomination. <laughs> it will, be, will probably be... I'll, I'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Let it... Okay. Roll the tape. So,
1: Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, directed by Steven Spielberg, with ideas from George Lucas from 2008. It has a 78% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, that's true. Indiana Jones 4 is certified Fresh. It also has a fifty-four percent audience score. Anyway, Tyler, best thing, worst thing. Yeah, do it.
0: Um, so I really have two two best things I could use. Um, so uh, the the Indiana Jones uh, Lego game. Um, I don't remember there were there were there, I think there were two. I don't I don't remember which one it was. Um, one of them has uh has a a, a bit where like you're in the mannequin town. And then, like all the mannequins come to life, and it's like you're you're playing Call of Duty Zombies in a in a Lego game, <laughs> and it's very cool. Uh, at least it was for whenever I play. I don't know how old those games are, but when I played them, I thought that was a neat thing. So we got that out of this. So so that's one of my best things. Cool. Um, the other is that I, I I relearned how to solve a Rubik's cube while watching this. <laughs>
2: I actually noticed that right (laughs) as we started recording And I was like, oh my goodness You're about to get You and your son don't have to sleep in that bathroom anymore (laughs) The Pursuit of Happiness, where Will Smith with the Rubik's Cube And he gets the the job at the end It's a cool movie (laughs) It's Um, the
1: only good performance Jaden Smith has ever given
2: I don't know, I like the new Karate Kid
0: and in the after earth i mean what
2: What am i talking about it's an
1: all-time classic if
0: it's not evident from my best things my worst thing is that and and it sounds like you guys might have had kind of different experience with experiences with this for me i just thought it was quite boring (laughs) Mm. um interesting I, i didn't necessarily think it was the worst thing ever i think spielberg is spielberg and we we have sung his praises many a time on this podcast, and especially over the last few episodes. I just I don't think that it it's particularly like I think it does have a lot of problems. Um, but I I don't I didn't think it was I don't think it's like prequel bad by any stretch. Yeah, uh, yeah. Star Wars prequel bad. It's you know it's there there is some annoying stuff that we had kind of talked about last week where they 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 make it if I keep talking about this, I'm going to go too deep into like my overall uh, comments about the, the, for the entire episode. So I'll hold off, but overall point, I feel like it's decently, competently made, but also I just could not stay interested in it for the life of me. Um, I just felt like the, you know, there's not a whole lot of stuff that is bad or good enough to really catch my interest in a way that I was like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to see where this is going. It just felt like a lot of moving from place to place. Um, I feel like a, a, one solid illustration of this is when they go and they actually find the crystal skull um, at the 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 cradle of some guy. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. Um, they they go they go grave robbing basically. Shia Shia, La, Shia LaBeouf and uh, Harrison Ford. Oh, um, yeah, and and. Yeah that entire scene by and large they're just sort of wandering and talking yeah. there's not really much momentum or excitement at all really you know you compare it to for example in Raiders when the the light's shining down after they, they get into the, the temple with the or the room with the small map of the area and the light shining down and the music's swelling it's like oh my gosh we found this place or like when they're going down into the the actual temple where the the ark is held and they're being dragged down and like the nazis have captured them before they got the chance to get to it and there's the storm in the background and you know there's snakes everywhere and fire and like there's all this crazy stuff going on whereas this just felt like sort of cookie cutter yes we're walking through an, an old an old grave site and oh we got the thing and then the the russians found us cool all we right, right we're, we're done here move on to the next set piece yeah. i felt like there were a lot of things handled like that where it just does not have the ease and the fluidity that the first three movies had of swinging through different set pieces and swinging uh different set pieces it did have swinging it did have some actual swinging that's correct
1: Um, uh some good some horribly (laughs) inserted uh but yeah it it did not
0: Weave through and just sort of keep up the pace, especially with when compared to Raiders, which that was kind of my best thing about it was how breakneck that is in terms of just it it does not stop. Um, this one it felt like it was going for that same vibe of oh, we're just kind of swinging from place to place, and like we're you know, we're just rolling along and set piece to set piece, and all these are really creative and interesting. Um, felt like a lot of the set pieces were less interesting or completely ridiculous when again the mannequin town and the atom bomb we'll get to that um and it felt like the momentum of the movie was was fairly halting and just sort Mm. of all right we're doing this thing okay now we've somehow managed to get here and i i'll stop there for now because i'm gonna i'm gonna just (laughs) keep ranting about it um but ultimately that's my problem it's just felt like it was not very interesting sure in a bad way
1: I don't know. <laughs> fair enough maybe it's just because uh, Harrison Ford's an old man so, mm-hmm. so the movie's pacing no, is that, trying
2: it, to mirror him
1: being an old man
2: which I think I, I, really I was think just thinking this and I, and I think that there is a way to do that with vivacity yes and there is a way to do that that is th- 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 sort of I, there's a way to do that that mirrors the fun and the almost inspiring nature of that of, like, the old guy getting back into the field, and then right. there's the, oh, we don't have it anymore. Yes. Oh, man. It's all the downsides <laughs> of it. C, yeah.
0: never say never again. Speaking mm-hmm. of which, mm-hmm. Sean Connery in uh, Last Crusade... Yeah. ...is a go. way to do this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got two examples of Sean Connery. One is the wrong way to do it, which yeah. this movie kind of chose, and one is, oh, hey, here's, here's, like, he's an old man, and he's he's not really up on the game anymore, and he doesn't really know exactly what he's right. doing. But... They make that really fun and they, they have a lot of fun with that and the fact that oh that you've now expanded indiana's ability to kind of get out of any situation yeah. to his father who is sort of a bumbling yeah. buffoon and like that's it's kind of fun like i feel like you could do something with that
2: well, why I feel would like, i oh mm-hmm. go ahead bruden uh, apparently spielberg because this film was uh shot by uh, Jan- Janusz janush kaminsky not uh, douglas slocum and Kaminsky had been, apparently shot, like, everything Spielberg did, hmm. I think, since Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. Like, I think starting Schindler's List, like, they worked together on, on everything. Um, n- n- notably, Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan being gorgeously shot right. in movies. And, uh, Correct. Apparently, for, uh, Spielberg, had because I was reading the IMDb trivia, which is apocryphal, but th- th- it was saying something about Spielberg going, so now C- Janush was having to... You know, learn another man's craft because he was trying to mirror a lot of what Slocum mm-hmm. had done and shoot it that way. Said. And I was trying to get in the mindset of like a much younger director mm-hmm. when I was making these movies mm-hmm. in the 80s. And so we were both kind of out of our game, but like that was really exciting in a way because Spielberg seems like ultimately an optimistic person. Right. He was like, but that was fun and it was cool to try it out. And I was like, oh, and parts of this movie, I really see mm-hmm. that. And there are some beautiful shots and some moments of real, like classic Spielberg. Uh, and there's some other points where it's like, Maybe this is why we like you to direct biopics about Abraham Lincoln now, dude. <laughs> and not because like he's... have you considered. Not because like he's not talented. It's just like.
0: Do you think that was that was a response to this movie? Do you think he was just like I need to get that out? I need to
2: just, just go and make this Lincoln. Make I, I need to do, I need to do
0: full course turn. Let's, you know, it's it's like you you know. I, I, I broke up with that girl. I got a, I got a just complete opposite. Like what's, you know,
2: <laughs> apparently this movie he did because he not only because, but he he viewed it as the sweet dessert he would give people after the bitter herbs he made them eat with Munich. Cuz Munich was apparently a much of darker movie and he was like, "But uh, here's this fun adventure." <laughs> Which he may have underestimated the the overlap. Yeah, right. <laughs> you
0: know, it's of of the audience Yeah. like the, Spielberg...
1: Hey, to be fair, this is the third highest grossing movie of 2008.
0: Sure, Spielberg, like what? What a title! What a sim- similar, <laughs> similar to the Cohen.
1: I mean, Dark Knight and Iron Man can't yeah. really beat those. So
2: exactly, which is interesting. Oh, that's an interesting thing that like the sun was setting on Indiana mm-hmm. Jones as literally superheroes were rising yes. that same year. That was literally the start of the MCU and well, also this is, like this Dark is right Knights around level.
0: yeah when you get like your Spider Man threes and sure. your. Um, they, X-Men Last Stand and I almost said Daisy's Future Past that's not correct no but you're right like, um,
2: yeah like things were definitely yeah, ending you were,
0: you, I think f- yeah. when did Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer come out is it somewhere 2007 yeah okay. which is not necessarily a, a massive franchise at that time but you're no, seeing but... you're seeing the end of a lot of these like things that tried to happen in 2000 It just mm. like we weren't they weren't there it wasn't it wasn't that yeah, time yeah, yeah. Um, right around 2007 through 2009 I feel like you, you
2: see a lot of that Right. Um, Yeah, and and then you have this happen. You have these two movies that together started the change of the movie of the Hollywood landscape at least. Mm -hmm. It uh, well, and I I feel like Spielberg is similar to the Coen brothers in that he can make a lot of movies that are just fun and Mm -hmm. wacky and high adventure, and the Coens make like their crazy comedies. But when the Coens go dark, they go dark. Like, Inside Llewyn Davis and No Country for Old Men are bleak. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, man, those are heavy movies. And then Spielberg will make Indiana Jones and then Schindler's List. <laughs> like, because they're all talented enough filmmakers, yes. they can do that. They've got range. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting. I do feel like style.
0: Spielberg's range has maybe declined. <laughs> I think that might be the best way to... Because we've talked about this, about how, you know, he's still, he still gets wins. Oh, you know man. He's still he's still He's great. still got it, yeah. Yeah, he, he knows how to make a film. I do think his scope
2: has narrowed as far
0: as like what he is able to do the types of movies maybe yeah yeah.
2: Yeah, which is why like and again I haven't seen Radio Player One or BFG yet but I love Lincoln and I've heard great things about Bridge of Spies Mm -hmm. and I wasn't crazy about War Horse but that's Mm -hmm. fine Um, and I'm for the third time on the podcast I'm really interested to see what he does with West Side Story sure Um, and again I feel like if if he makes War
0: Horse in the '80s, sure, that's yeah, probably man. a classic. Yeah, like for sure. that's probably something that you know.
2: Yeah, but but by the, the way time, he, he would have done that. But when War Horse came out, it was like we've seen this a million times. <laughs> also, this is a movie about a horse. <laughs> like I don't know, yeah. man. This is kind of tricky. But then Lincoln, my mom and I had this concern with Lincoln that oh, this is is this going to be the worst stereotype mm-hmm. of a Spielberg Oscar movie, mm-hmm. and. Then the first, because my mom shares a birthday with Lincoln, and so Lincoln is like a deity in our house. Like he sure. is so massive, and also he's like an amazing president. Sure. And we, we we're both really nervous about this movie. And then the first trailer came out. My mom was like, "It might be really good. Oh man, I don't know, but you, uh, mm, I gotta be mm, gotta be careful." And then we we saw it together. And after literally the opening scene, she leaned over to me, and I can't I can't repeat it on the podcast, We're family friendly, but she basically expressed like. Her happiness that this was so that this was actually going to work out. So like opening scene, she was crying, and we were like, "Oh, this movie's amazing," because Spielberg, he 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 still has it. Yes. And we thought, is he gonna? Is this going to become just this three-hour, just oh look at the sunrise, and oh is this going to be like this proselytizing, a uh, uh, just treacly thing? Mm-hmm. At times it is a little bit treacly. Ultimately, it's just an amazing piece yeah. of work. But anyway. Um, so Kingdom of the Crystal Skull the Crystal on Skull, the other end right, on the other end of the spectrum do you want to do yours Alex or shall I do mine uh, you can go ahead so I forgot both of mine uh, <laughs> but remember this is, this is why you just say oh Alex you go first well no because I realized like, oh those are lost to time <laughs> <laughs> I, th- those, the memories of my best and worst things are with like my third grade classmates. I <laughs> don't know their faces. Be- best and worst things like tears and rain. Like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they are like tears and rain. But I did summon, summon some vestiges. Because I actually had a couple of, of both, of both best and worst. So my worst thing for this, it's not ultimately my worst thing, but a, a, a thing that I can briefly and specifically quantify is the score. Now here's hmm. what I mean by that. The, this, this, all three of the movies And John Williams does this He likes to remind you of the theme of the movie He sure. likes to use it multiple times We've talked about how effective that was in the first three movies I felt like this movie was so repetitive With the Indiana Jones march mm-hmm. I felt like we heard it a lot I felt like vi- we heard variants of it a lot And it was at moments where it didn't really matter now, But that said, everything I've disliked about this movie I liked in other scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the reveal of Indy of Indie, when you see the, the yeah, silhouette yeah. of him after he puts on the hat and the silhouette, and then they play the march at the beginning. I was like, that's awesome. But then there's like a conversation between him and LaBeouf, and like, what are you going to do? Sure, I'll check over here. And I'm like, that's not, what is this, Polar Express? Like, every time I mean, it reminded me of High Noon, which is a movie that, and mom, I know you're listening, and I know you've heard me say this 20 times, so. You can ride that fast-forward button, but nobody else do it, just Mom. Uh, <laughs> High Noon is a movie I really like. It's a great story. Gary Cooper's maybe great in that movie. Anyway, it's a whole other thing. But it's it's a very cool movie. But the theme of that movie goes like this. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And you hear that about 73 times throughout the course <laughs> of that 80-minute movie. It's It got so annoying, and I really was enjoying it. But every time they literally like... Well, I guess I'll go get the tea kettle. Dun 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 <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Like, oh, it was so annoying. And I, this movie reminded me of that. But maybe it wasn't as bad as I thought. My best thing about this movie, I'm gonna say Harrison Ford's performance. Hmm. I really like Old Man Ford. I feel like he was always an old man in his heart. Sure. And now his fed up. We talked about in the previous episodes about how good he is at playing fed up. I really, in- I loved all the old jokes in this movie. I re- maybe my favorite was when he swings to get in the car and he falls and he, and he misses it. and He goes, "Thought that was closer." Like that's True. that's very good. And I could hear all the grandparents in the theater going, "Thank you." I <laughs> <laughs> hate oh, when that happens. Oh man! And then like Jeff drained all the like cottage cheese stains on their shirt. But like, I I, I thought the jokes were really well done. Apparently Ford would like had talked to david cap who wrote the screenplay, was like please more of this like that's the point he's old he's fallible that's the mm-hmm. point of this um the flip side of that is he does a lot of things in this movie that not only should no old person be able to do few humans should yes. be able to do the things he does when he's running across the ceiling uh like the, the the bars of the thing in the warehouse it's a great stunt
0: there's no way he can do that i think my biggest impression of of indiana jones as a character from this movie mm-hmm. was rubbery yeah yeah because <laughs> so, like they i don't He'll know just hurl
1: himself from one car to another yes. and just yes. punch everyone out and jump back onto the other car
0: i don't know if it's because of the lighting or maybe there were some it's i swear there were some moments where it looked like they were doing effects to like touch up the way he looked hmm um, well I'm
1: sure a lot of it was that's not actually Ford that's a stunt double really uh, mess with his face a little bit
0: you think uh, I'm talking about like scenes where they had like just
2: him talking like that might have been lighting and cinematography I, I, like they,
0: I feel like they're I was gonna say cause the, I, don't I think if, they're trying to, like, it would have been button, pretty bold yeah. for them to like CGI someone in, in some of the scenes I'm talking yeah I don't, and I think I,
2: Ford was pretty vocal about like no he's old make, yeah. make me old yeah
0: um which is what I thought was weird, is that they weren't trying to like hide it, but I just thought there was some... And I don't know if it's yeah. the overall look of the movie that bothered me, but mm-hmm. that in combination with just the number of things they throw him through, and all the other characters in the movie, really. Right. Um, but him especially gets thrown through all sorts of random stuff that we'll talk about. And... Three times
1: it falls. Yes. And they're just fine. sort of
0: like, ah, he's fine. Um, and... Yeah we had really, really praised in the last three movies how much they beat up Indiana Jones yeah, yeah. all the time. They're just like smash yeah. his face into some dirt, I don't know, just you know, like yeah, yeah. punch him punch him a bunch. Yeah, it's fine. And if you he's know, not they...
1: bleeding, it wasn't a good yeah. action scene. And
0: and they would visibly have him he'd be dirtier, he'd be bruised, he'd be bloody, like they yeah. they'd really, you know, show the effects. And I don't know if it's because he's old that they didn't want to go that route. It's it's yeah. the sort of thing that would have been. I mean, it I, it makes me think of um, Rocky Five versus Rocky mm-hmm. Balboa, where Rocky Balboa they're just like, oh no, he's he's super old. He's still just like getting his lights punched out. It's fine. Yeah. Um. And they, you know, they they just do it. Whereas Rocky Five has him like go on forever in these fights and like you know basically tries to do old man Rocky, but also mm-hmm. doesn't actually show the effects of that all that well. Um. That's when I feel like they. Be, I guess I mean it really felt like because he was older they were like oh we can't like put him through all that stuff we have to right, make this more right. of like a fun kid yeah, family yeah. friendly movie I don't know
2: well, and the movie That's seems the to want to have it both ways where in the dialogue and in the comedy he's an old man he's a little past yes. his prime he's still got the spirit yes. but he's just you know he's, he's old but then in the action sequences he's still Indiana Jones and then some yes and I was like I feel like the benefit to bringing along the young guy is yes. now he gets to do all the cool stuff, yes. and he does get some cool stunts But now you've got... And look, Ford is in great shape. He's aged Mm -hmm. amazingly well. And this was... Well, I don't know. I was about to say this was my favorite of his... Because I think he's reprised all three of his iconic characters. Like, does he have any other iconic characters he needs to come back and play again? Because he's... Who are you thinking? So... Han Solo, Richard Deckert and and Indiana uh, Jones. Like... uh, He could play Jack Ryan again. Yeah. Yeah, or like the guy from uh, Fugitive... Yeah. Which, granted, I would love if he and Tommy Jones were in a movie just being grouchy at each other. I would, I would love that movie forever. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best movie. Um, but anyway, but but I really, I, I thought it was really fun in this. But then it, it was so hard to go. But does the movie want me to go? He's an old guy and he's he's trying, but he's just not that. But it's okay because he still got the spirit. Or it's like, no man, he can still do it because they seem to tell yeah. me both things at once. There, I mean, there are can't. a couple yeah, of jokes. That's-
1: that's the thing I noticed his like, age, it, it can't
2: decide
0: yeah. his age never actually impacts the plot in right. terms of he, he's unable to do something because he's old
2: it impacts jokes which again like, yes. I, I enjoyed those and I feel like if this movie because in the old movies he, all of these movies are all a little superhuman mm-hmm. because it's a movie mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's fine I don't mind that I mind it in this when it seems so far extrapolated from who he is yes. and they're also commenting on it and it's yes. this whole weird grab bag
1: it feels like George Lucas came up with this story in the mid nineties.
2: Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. is like
1: when George Lucas is transforming into his uh, new millennium self, where he's like, <laughs> "I like digital effects and just ruining everything. Let me just do that." He, so, he, is, so, he, he, so he he comes up, so he I comes up with this Indiana Jones butterfly. story. He is
2: no longer uh, a George pupa. He is a, he, He's <laughs> now a
1: beautiful, beautiful uh, Luca-fly. Lucas butterfly.
2: Lucas um, <laughs> it's like the end of Bugs' life. No, I mean, that's exactly what I he's was He's just, just himself, but with tiny little wings. Oh, my God. Well, time to go rescue the do moon. Do we know
0: that George Lucas doesn't have tiny little
2: wings? Are we, are we confident? Can we put him in one of those uh, Tragedy DVD Tinkerbell movies? Like, well, gotta go rescue the moon orb from Princess Starfire or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but He yeah, did it, do strange it, magic, so...
1: It feels like he wrote this story yeah. in the mid 90s of like, okay, we're going to do Aliens. Mm-hmm. And then Steven Spielberg said, no, that's a terrible idea. Let's drop it. But then over the next like 10, 15 years, <laughs> Lucas just kept bringing it up yes. and being like, hey, hey, Steven, he, he really... I've, I've got the script. In my drawer We can do it Literally whenever we want You know why? Because I'm George Lucas And you're Steven Spielberg <laughs> <laughs> and No one just... will
0: stop I love the idea of this Is like uh, The two of them Like going in together On this risky Business venture <laughs> like they, they're like trying they're like man if we just hit this we just hit this bank man it'll be the big we we will get out we'll be free for life man this is a, it's our it's our last uh last crime we just gotta you know it's we the, get the it's money it's the big job it's the big one man we just gotta get this and then we're out free and, and george is the one who's like pushing this and steven spielberg's like i don't know it may go hard and then they both get caught red-handed and, and put in jail for <laughs> embezzlement <laughs> i think george lucas is is still in uh public uh perception jail but uh, right steven spielberg got out with well good, it feels uh, good
1: like it, it, it does feel like spielberg just like eventually gave in and he's like okay well i guess it harrison did, yeah. ford's old now yes put that in the script yes yeah. also really
0: let it
2: stew for well, also with, with this <laughs> movie speaking of those two people like the last thing lucas had done at this point was what revenge of the sith mm-hmm. yeah and the last yeah. thing uh you know spielberg had done was munich and like Spielberg had so many he has so much cred mm-hmm. like right. what was the last thing Spielberg did before
0: this that like is considered one of his I'll look would it be Saving Private Ryan probably is there, is the there Terminal some... sure,
2: sure I actually like the Terminal I was going to say
1: are things like Minority Report or Catch Me If would, You Can are those say, included uh, as Catch like me his so top yeah, tier?
2: I would say those are. Oh, I for, okay, sorry. I pulled up his IMDb and it was like, "Hey, Britton, remember when he produced Falling Skies, that TV show you love? <laughs> he's produced he's produced 198 things." Uh-huh. This man. Um duh, 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 duh. That's at least one a year. <laughs> so the last things he had done was for Munich War of the Worlds Okay. Uh, Terminal, Catch Me If You Can, Minority Report, AI.
0: Interesting.
2: Saving Private Ryan. So, like, Saving Private Ryan was the last huge one, but, like, AI and Catch Me If You Can. Like, I mean, Minority Report is... And Minority is a, Report, like, yeah. can't underestimate yeah. Yeah. those. Yeah. Terminal was kind of like, yeah. So he'd, he'd maybe been on a
0: on a slight dip relative to where he was.
2: Oh, sure, but, I mean, nothing compared to... <laughs> Meanwhile, George
0: is like, I need this. I mean, obviously, <laughs> Ruin of the Sith made probably all sorts of money. I'm, I'm, I don't oh, have yeah. numbers off those the top are of my all huge head. Moves. Oh, he did 10 times real um yeah i'm sure george was like do this for me do this yeah. what well, is it is
1: interesting because i didn't notice as much of the weird distracting george lucas dialogue where people just don't sound like people
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i'm not sure how much of that is a testament to david kepp and the dialogue itself or if it's right. just spielberg knows how to direct actors and george lucas does not <laughs> um i don't know maybe a um, little both yeah, I, I I feel like I'm coming off more positive on this one than either of you. Probably. Um, I, I mean, why like, don't you tell us haven't... your best thing and worst thing and let yeah. us uh, know about? It? Well, well, I've got I've got to, I've got to digest a couple of things that we're twenty five there.
0: We're gonna talk for three hours about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> this it's is very, inevitable. It's also extremely, extremely
2: on brand. Uh, <laughs> it's also uh, shorter than the last one by four minutes. <laughs> Not that last crusade is by any I means long. Like <laughs> I mean, it, you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't yeah. feel long. Yeah. yeah.
0: This one doesn't really. I mean, it's. No, it doesn't.
2: Yeah. Sorry, I'm looking at the cast list for West Side Story and getting hype. I didn't know Brian Darcy James was in that movie. That's awesome.
0: Go
1: on. But, but. Britton, it's funny you complain of like, oh, they they do the Indiana Jones theme way too much, and I'm like, I loved it every time. They should have done it the whole movie just I think on a we've loop.
0: Establish this thing that this difference in philosophy that you and I guess I guess Britton and I are on one side of this just because this is also how I feel. I'm
1: Kylo Ren going more
0: <laughs> <laughs> because we have the same thought. Like uh, talking about the, the the big score, the big the big moment from in game. Um, with i I think the track is called portals correct um and that track i I like is kind of the the track because it's the avengers theme that and they really you know kind of write into it um have you have you listened to any of this britain are you uh, do are you aware of the context of the scene i'm talking about okay we won't won't i watch a a lot of
2: videos called toby and the mcu where they make toby mcguire in the movie (laughs) and there's one where thanos some of those and there's one where thanos is his landlord and I was like, is That's this a spoiler? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um,
0: but, yes, they, they use this, and it's it's the, the big triumphant theme. Yeah. Um, and then there's also, like, a good overture on that track as well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, these are both really good. And you, we'd been talking, Alex, after the movie, and you were like, oh, man, I really want to find, like, the, I, I want them to have a track that, like, really just is is driving into it. And I, I was like, oh, well, there's, there's this one right here. I think this is great. Like, it's got, you know... it builds really well and it's got you know really hits the theme and you're like i just want more (laughs) i think we've established that you really enjoyed the repetition and the the sort of
1: yes i want the theme itself like for both of those tracks like the first half at least is just other music that that Mm. builds to Mm -hmm. the theme and then like the last minute of each of those tracks is the theme and i want something like The Superman March. You can go listen to it. It's like six or seven minutes. It is the Superman (laughs) theme. Same thing with Indiana Jones. Like, it is the Indiana Jones March. Like, I I want
2: that. I just felt like it was a a little overdone. And I felt like there were so many variants on it that I was like... I feel like John Williams was just like, I don't know what else to do. So I'm just going to keep using this
0: basic like My ideal film score is not that this is like a hot take is the lord of the rings film yeah. score. i would say yeah, that yeah. that where it i mean it's got a ton of themes and it does repeat them a lot but it uses different themes and these themes kind of weave into each other and they work together to make this, this big tapestry um right. that's that's more what i look for in a score and and you know that sort of mindset of like oh we're weaving in a lot of different ideas uh
2: i and, think
1: it's I think it's more just I have blinders because I'm just like I think the Indiana Jones theme is like one of the best sure. movie themes you would ever. So earmuffs, any time, but go on. <laughs>
2: you said blinders, but it's music. It would be your mouth.
1: Yeah, uh, that's that's fair. Um, but so I don't I I don't know. Just any time it played, I like it. It didn't bother me at all. I didn't find it yeah, distracting yeah. or weird.
2: Sure. Hey man, you know what? Hey, agree to
1: disagree, bud. To be fair, all right. We're, we're shaking through the computer. Shaking yeah, hands yeah, yeah. through the computer. All right. Um, Very
0: very funny visual gag. (laughs) Very
1: good. Yeah, it's great for a podcast. Anyways, Um, so this movie, I guess I should point out, it's the first Indiana Jones movie I ever saw. I saw it in the theater, and that was kind of my first real exposure, aside from just general pop culture osmosis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So a lot of my feelings about Indiana Jones come out of this movie, Mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of people would be going, well, that's wrong. (laughs) But... I I find this movie very, very entertaining um, I don't know um, in terms of best thing uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff in here that's really really good yeah I um, agree
2: I think I'm going to go with Shia LaBeouf he is okay. good in this no I agree I, 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 I was, is that, I was is a that cool weird? I was, no because I was a little tepid on his character but I thought his performance yes. was great I, I really, I really like, his like acting in this. No,
1: because the reason I like it so much is that they give give it time for him to play off of, of Indy yeah. and like mm-hmm. to really build a bond with each other. Yeah. Um, in much the same way that that we deal with that with, with Connery in the last one, yes. like I feel yes. like that's that's. I think the it's like poetry; it rhymes. In sure. the last one, he was dealing with his father. Now he's dealing yeah. with his son. I think
0: the the writing the the, the script itself. Uh, does a much better job of that. Specifically, I, I, there's that one scene we mentioned in Last Crusade with Connery and, and and Ford, and they're at the the table, kind of talking out the fact that, oh, hey, you were never you were never there for me, and right. you know, it's it's a really great, really like well handled real scene, yeah. um, and I think the script. I, does not do enough for Shia LaBeouf as a character, yes. but his his performance is really true. Like the the entire d- dynamic between him and <clears throat> is it Oxley? The, uh, the yeah. yeah yeah the that entire dynamic where like he is very like,
1: uh, sh- John Hurt. Uh,
0: yeah yeah, yeah uh, no. John yeah, yeah. Hurt. I th-
2: who I gets nothing to do in then, this movie. Nope, and I probably shouldn't be in it.
0: <clears throat> and then kept forgetting to look him up look up because I was like I know this actor I just don't remember who yeah he you is. do and yeah well,
2: it's hard to recognize when his chest's all in one piece sure sure <laughs> it, it does have aliens so it does prequel. <laughs> it would have been pretty great if there was an alien and he was like oh, I'm, getting, I'm getting out of here <laughs> I was gonna Feets say don't fail me now and then I was gonna like like say it's, the it's weird alien.
1: when it when his his chest cavity isn't like completely open or he's not just awkwardly handing you a wand waiting just like staring <laughs> oh it's so funny in that movie
2: Apparently
0: did <laughs> not um, but the dynamic between <clears throat> specifically when he's kind of lost his mind, mm. and Shia LaBeouf like is is reacting to this and like yes. is, is yeah sort of emoting onto the fact that he's seeing this this man that's broken that mm-hmm. you know he really admires like that th- that does so much more for that than anything oh, the man. script tries to give us.
2: Well, <laughs> like, and also just from a technical perspective, as uh, <laughs> watching him act like there's I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like. Indiana Jones and Marion were arguing about something and he was like trying to quiet them down there's something in the background like guys not now we're trying to what and he was reacting to so many things at once Mm -hmm. but I really admired like and this is such an actor thing but where he placed his movements and his his lines Mm -hmm. like when he was looking at them delivering a line and when he was turning around and, like, I really admired, like, how dedicated... I don't know, it's hard to it's hard sure. to parse out without, like, the aid... And Almost the, the choreography of right. Like how ha- he's speaking. Yeah, how he choreographed <laughs> that whole scene I thought was really well done. And just, the whole movie, and, and my, spoiler, my recommendation is a Shia LaBeouf movie. This, we'll get to that in the episode. But he's an Transformers actor... Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, he, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. This movie, I was like... I think I have let his... Because, obviously, he's an actor who went through some real real stuff in mm-hmm. his personal mm-hmm. life... There was just some. Oh, there's a lot of business there. No one really quite understands.
1: Yeah, we're well, not. Gonna, we're not going to really talk about that. No, of course we'll just focus not. Focus on his performance, right? But
2: what what I mean is, he's a guy who's. There's clearly a lot going on in there, but he is really talented. Yeah, and that's yeah. something that I had kind of forgotten about, cause I hadn't seen him in a lot of stuff recently. Right. And then, uh, re, and, and then, just in the last few weeks, I've been like, oh, he's got some like real talent, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. just the thing we mistake for talent, but like he can actually like act, and he's written a movie that's out this year called Honey Boy which is supposed hmm. to be really really good and I don't know if I'll see it but sure. I'm happy for him so yeah I mean I, I really enjoyed him in this and I liked that he didn't wear the hat at the end because I could hear people screaming until Ford took the hat from him Right, and then I heard, and then I heard them go uh, ugh. I, well
1: I, I thought that was a very excellent way to handle sure. it yeah. especially if you know, whether or not Shia LaBeouf was actually intended to be like the next Indiana Jones and right. they were going to continue the series, I think that's a perfect way to not offend anyone yeah. <laughs> or just to so just to end on the right foot.
0: The next movie is is rumored or in production or something, right? Have they I've, announced I that? I
1: believe Spielberg has said that that's his next movie after West Side Story. Okay. I believe. Has, I saw like six others
2: on IMDb, has, but who knows?
0: Has Shia LaBeouf's star fallen and risen enough to this point that they could go. Buffassants? You want the yes. you want the
2: little buffassants? I don't not not in the mainstream audience way. I think his stars come back in like the art house. Sure. Which is to say within the film world probably. But
0: that's I feel like that's also how I'm basically mm. I'm tracking ahead. So when is West Side story supposed to come out? Twenty <clears> twenty. <throat> okay, so like if if he if he I don't know if he's any anything else big. Hasn't he been in something else that's like not huge but like has he been in anything
2: else He's mainstream in, i think american honey recently i don't know i'm trying to think of his recent like big movies and i'm not sure we'll have to the have to last
1: check. big movie and quote-unquote big was fury yeah yeah i remember Fury, which oh. was like 2015 oh, but that
0: was kind of right around there was that was when he you know he was just going through a lot of stuff i mean i think that's right. he pulled
1: out a tooth for the role or something sure yeah um he, he was. He was. He was. I'm, he was getting into it.
0: I'm really curious what, if he's gonna like if he's gonna be anything in any in anything words mm-hmm. in like the next year or two that gets like fairly big. Sure. If he would come back like swing back enough after you know the the fallout of this movie and everything that happened, uh, and just be like just for them to be like, I guess we could just just go back to him right like can't we just can we just follow up can we just make another one yeah. with, like and just make him the star like I, I i'm curious if we'll get there because i think he could do it I mean, more yeah. than people probably would have
2: been open to in
0: when this movie came out like
2: yeah because well, at this point ford definitely can't do it <laughs> yes. like i i think Labuff could i would be fine with it but, you know, I understand how the Well, work. and specifically I'm thinking of the fact that then you avoid
0: the recasting controversy entirely. Yes. Because I'm sure Disney is probably freaking out about that and that prospect when you consider... Um, the, they do own Indiana Jones now, right? I forget.
1: Yeah, They yeah, own Lucasfilm, so yeah. They own Lucasfilm, which owns Indiana yeah, yeah. Jones. Yes. Um, the,
0: but just like going to the, the solo thing, which was just a confluence of variables that led yeah. to that box office being pretty bad. Yeah. Like, I'd be very curious to see if they are like, oh, hey... Let's you know instead of recasting, maybe we'll make a a sequel instead. We'll do the Creed thing. Creed's doing well. Creed sure, sure, sure. Creed's got good movies, and you know it's 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 making money.
2: I will say, Alden Ehrenreich would be a cool. You know, he would. Indiana Jones, and I I
0: I, and I I I think it would be a shame if they chose not to do to
2: do that yeah. just because they were like, oh, we need to. I think either him or buff would be good. That. But also, Alden Ehrenreich is ridiculously talented. Yes. Like it is, He's great in Solo in terms man. of like evoking... Did you guys ever see, probably not, Beautiful Creatures? Hmm. It's a really bad like YA magic-y romance thing with him. You're awesome. But he's in it and he's so good in that movie. Mm-hmm. It's not a very good movie but he's... Like, watching it, I was like, oh, you're like a real actor. Mm-hmm. Like doing... Re- you are so talented. And then he steals <laughs> Hail Caesar out from everybody else. He's sure. so good. Ugh.
1: Well, you- I would argue that since Indiana Jones is supposed to be a James Bond-esque character, you can recast sure, the role, sure. and it's really not that big no, no, a deal. No, no,
0: no, and I'm not saying it should be. I'm saying I think it could be made a big deal, specifically because yeah. we're trying to recast Harrison Ford again for a movie, or after we just did the same thing in another movie, oh, where yeah, yeah, yeah. that went yeah. horribly wrong. But also, in the,
2: well, even though Indiana Jones is a Bond-esque thing, at this point, he's not Bond. Like, people do well, not think of him and as
0: And that's the thing as well. I think this movie to, to kind of actually get back to this movie alex have you said your best and worst thing
1: uh i said my best thing say
0: your worst <laughs> thing real quick and then we'll pick up on this right because this is going to lead me into like every other thought i have about the movie
1: okay um my worst thing is going to be the overuse of cgi yep. yep um i think that's a pretty obvious one nice. but nonetheless it's a problem uh these movies are built on practical effects and hey isn't it cool that indiana jones is doing all these awesome things for real right and for a lot of the movie it seems to be going for that mm-hmm. and like i don't think it goes off the deep end in like a star wars prequels way but the, the george lucas influence is very yes. obviously there um
2: well yeah and he, I, and he's
1: very he's very obviously going all right now now how much of this budget can we give to ilm
2: Mm-hmm. When I don't mind a little
1: seventy-five percent, you say, <laughs>
2: <laughs> and the other twenty-five percent goes to Harrison Ford. I don't mind a little <laughs> CGI addition to help Harrison through some scenes. I don't mind some stunt work to help him through, but right. I, I want to have a practical effects experience. Yes. And this right. is not that. No. This is well, very when much the best,
1: all- the best action scene is the chase through the college. You oh, know why? Because it's a nice little mm-hmm. car chase that's all practical.
0: Although, can I just say? Anyone else feel like it's in pretty poor taste that, that yep, he, they smash into uh-huh. the the statue? I absolutely and do. Brody's head rolls off because he had passed away by this point. <laughs> that's actor, why he's not in well, the movie. And the actor—that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, the actor had yeah, passed away
2: by this in
1: 1992. Point. Well, in, in the movie's defense, number one, they already have that moment earlier where where Indy is reflecting on on Marcus and his father dying. So there's already mm-hmm. a moment given where he's looking at their photos. But that's, and then oh, number two. Yes. There is a reaction shot where Shia LaBeouf starts laughing, and they oh, pan over to yeah. Indy, yeah. and he it, is not happy with that. But, but, so at least, at least the movie is self-aware. The
0: way to me, it's two things to to, to point point off of that. The first part, I feel like that almost makes it worse because it's like almost whiplash because that was like right before, like it was like, oh man, I'm right, really sad right. about the about you know, Brody passing away. And then we knock off his head and land uh, like. And then the the reaction to Shia LaBeouf laughing is like, "I'm a grumpy old man and I don't like to have fun." <laughs> like it's it's not like a that man uh, was well, and, and a that hero. also like I feel like yeah. that, that's I don't not know that's that's not the read way. I had. I don't know. I I felt like that was a weird choice to put there. Like I don't yeah. know why we needed that, and I it just was very jarring to. Well, me. And also,
2: and I don't feel. First of all, I don't feel that this is the greatest sin of all movies. It was something that I felt like ah that wasn't yeah, great. Yeah but I think that the I don't think that the movie by having but but by having Harrison Ford not be happy with it after the statue gets hit, I feel like that's the equivalent of somebody going, look, I don't want to be a jerk, but you suck. That's like you don't saying you don't like what you're saying no i here's a great example. um I posted a status on Facebook however many years ago about a book I was really enjoying, and somebody comes and going. Uh, well, hate to ruin, hate to say this, but it really gets terrible after a while. Like, they have no idea where they're going in the third book, and it just went on this whole thing. And I was like, if you hate to say it, then why did you say it? <laughs> and so that's kind of how I feel like with this movie. I'm like, if if you don't like that you did this joke movie, then why did you do the sure. joke? Yeah. yeah, And and again, not the worst. It's thing a weird. In the world, it's a weird thing to stick on. I just thought that was really weird. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. I was like, but he. Now to ha- like, if they had just like. Have the car crash into the crash statue, crash into the statue, yeah. or something, or the statue falls, somebody catches it, or just avoid the statue altogether. Mm-hmm. But, but to have it specifically that his head falls yes. off is such the a weird, specific, weird thing set to of choices. Yeah, uh, but that's that. Yes. Alex is always not going to heads off a of statue. Mm-hmm. The man is an advocate. <laughs> Every it's time true. he goes to New York, he looks up at Old Lady Liberty and says, "One day." The ho- that's the Holy Grail right there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I feel Accurate. like there's, pro- there's probably some reference we could do to, to tie that. I'm gonna I'm gonna just move on. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, the CGI is quite poor. Um, there's just and, in, and, and in, this in, is in, really in, overdone and poorly done. This is really in that again with that that era of oh, there's a lot of franchises that are collapsing. Yeah. A lot of those in their collapse were relying very very heavily on effects, digital effects, to try and like make these movies somehow some, right. like save these movies in post, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. Where you've got you know your Wolverine Origins and.
1: Um, I mean, Spider-Man three.
0: Yes, and then and then you've also got Avatar coming out right in the middle of that, um, which is CGI. The movie, it's like, look at how much better yeah. you could you all could be doing it. And so like that was just an era where like that was such a focus. Uh-huh. Whereas now I feel like I mean we still do a lot of practical stuff, but we've gotten so much better at blending digital yes. into film. I so would say can...
2: still. I would say we're still too heavily digital, digitized, mm. but we're the digital effects it's, are also better. It's
0: gotten so much better that you can start to be like, oh well, I like a practical effect. Effect, I can do a practical effect and then like make this yes. work better yeah. with. You know, I think there's a, there's been a, a marked improvement over the last
2: ten years in that regard. Yeah, uh, this I, was right in the middle of a a bit of a valley. <laughs> and I've heard this about. I haven't watched the new Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance show on Netflix, but. Uh, the old movie is a movie that is obviously all practical effects. Right. It's the '80s. It's all Jim Henson puppetry, and it's in a. I think it's a bit of a boring movie, but it looks extraordinary. Yeah. It's in a, it, it is one of the best looking '80s fantasy mm-hmm. movies ever, I think. And this new one is also practical effects, but apparently they've used a lot of CGI to augment it and expand right. it. And I haven't watched it, but I've heard really good things about it. Like that makes me feel that's the right way to yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah. You start with practical effects, and the CGI is there to just just bump it up a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm-hmm. Whatever that movement you couldn't get quite right. Yeah. You you make that a little more fluid. You light up the sky a little bit. You add in some background creatures. Mm. You know, I, I yeah. So I I think we're we're starting to understand. And Guillermo del Toro does wonderful practical yes. effects, and the sometimes not as great digital effects because he's so focused on the practical stuff. But yeah, I, I think you're right. I think this movie happened in a, right in that. Which do we? Duh, yeah. uh, Lord of the Rings did it. What do we do? <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah. Um, I think the worst example is. Just the rainforest chase sequence. Yes, um, because there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Um, I, I like the moment where, where they're uh, Marion and um, Mutt are just kind of sitting there, and then just out, out out through the back of the truck, Indiana Jones just pulls out this rocket launcher, and he's like, "I'd cover your ears if I were you." Yeah, that was good. And I'm like, "That's an Indiana Jones thing. I like yeah. it." Yeah. Um, but then we have like that that big overblown like prequel esque. Device that's like cutting down the trees and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the whole time I was watching, I was like, uh, that's what is that gaudy looking thing that Spielberg's computer created?
0: (laughs) (laughs) And even the vehicles in it, like when they're driving around the cliff ridges Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. you know, they're driving along the river and they're like trying not to fall off the edge. Like a lot of those shots, the cars are digital
1: and it's very jarring. That, uh, obviously there's the big one of Shia LaBeouf swinging on vines with monkeys, which right. is just terrible. I don't, there's no other way to put that. It's just bad. Um, I was fine with it. I, I don't <laughs> really care much for Shia LaBeouf's, uh, fencing with, with Kate Blanchett. Sure. Mostly because that's a, that, I, and, and this is a one thing where I don't, I don't want to pull in too much of Plinkett because Plinkett has a very well done video essay about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but but he he's just like what? that seems like super out of character for this for a greaser to be like yeah they taught me fencing and I actually right, paid right. attention and yeah. now let me use that and there's just a lot of wonky green screen and there's that bit where the the vehicles are starting to go apart so he's kind of like doing like a half split yeah, and then yeah. like the the plants are like hitting him in the crotch and stuff and it looks terrible. Mm-hmm
2: yeah I remember watching that scene and going I was really impressed with LaBeouf and Blanchett for doing as much of that as they did yes I mean there's some really impressive choreography there but yeah in that same of like you're doing this like these stunts are really good but like you said I I mean I understand why Griezer would learn a combat thing over other stuff but also it is weird that he had that opportunity (laughs) right um and, and and yeah, I, I know it's to
1: help differentiate it because, like, obviously Indiana Jones is a brawler, so right, we don't right. want Mutt to just be doing the same thing. At the same time, Mutt is a greaser in the fifties; he
2: would be a brawler. He wanted to get into like a bar fight and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love that Starter bar sequence, one by one. the yes. way.
1: The, bar, the bar. sequence is a runner-up for best thing. That's a fun. Um, point.
0: I love I love a good, uh, just sort of take the the. Ubiquitous chaos of humanity mm. to turn into like something for your advantage, like where they're just like, ah, just just punch this guy, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. like, like that's well, how we're gonna then, do. Other
1: they do a wonderful job setting it up beforehand, um, with with that, that nice little uh, sequence with uh, Mutt talking with Indiana Jones, kind of explaining like, oh, Oxy went missing. Here's what <laughs> happened. My mom escaped, and she's trying to, to get me to find him or whatever. And there, there's a wonderful moment where where the, the waitress is delivering yeah. drinks to them.
2: Well, to the uh, other
1: Picks one up, sits it down. He looks away. Indiana Jones puts it back on the tray. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I liked all that. And,
1: and they set up, like, um, I think there's a bit where Shia LaBeouf, like he sticks a comb in, in the guy's water. Yeah. So we go ahead and set up that he's aggravating the guys at the other table.
2: Mm-hmm. That
1: way, when it gets into that fist fight, like, it leads in better.
2: Yeah. There's also just some nifty little choreography yeah. with them.
1: Yes. Yeah and it also tells us things about character without being overblown
2: yeah I really liked the joke where it, when it's revealed when he's like something about like Indy's like why did you care so much about him finishing school you know and she's like Indy he's your son why didn't you
0: make him finish school I love that they <laughs> right. jumped
2: right to the most parent argument it's,
0: it's literally it's it's and they set that up a, a few times to make it like, oh, it's an actual kind of through line of. of they have the. Indian, and. Yeah. Charlie uh, Buff have this discussion. What is Charlie Buff's name? In this Mutt. movie? Mutt. Mutt. They, they have this discussion.
1: Also, Henry Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. The third?
0: Um, and so they they have that discussion. And then, yeah, the joke is. Indy's like, hey, he's a, he's a good kid. Yeah. And you don't be so hard on it, on it yeah. about school. And then she's like, he's your son. And she's like, why didn't you make him go to school? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's one You time. know, it's
1: funny. Um i think there's one major adjustment that i would change to this movie story mm-hmm. that would completely remove that joke wonderful as it is um i would remove marion from this story completely because other than an, an attempt to try and bring the franchise back around she's right. completely pointless to this plot um this isn't really a movie where we need a a love interest. Sure, sure. And not and not just because old, old Indiana Jones he doesn't need a love interest. It's well, just I don't think this plot needs there's
0: one. There's not really a love interest in Last Crusade. I mean, mm-hmm. like yeah, they, I, obviously to begin with, there's the, all the stuff with
2: Elsa, but then it's kind of like eh, yeah, it and that's not even true. But then like also this, you yeah, are yeah. just like doing what their bodies wanted. I, d- I, d- I don't like, like running think... and eating
0: vegetables <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> and breathing. <laughs> Um, I don't think it's Mutt silent. Williams. <laughs> can... I don't think. <laughs> I'll just keep attempting to speak, and you guys can keep interrupting. <laughs> I'll just it's get fine. more and more revels. It's fine. Go on. I'll, I'll um, start. I don't think Mutt Williams should be Indiana Jones's son. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think sure. it should be that literal. I think it nerds, should be yeah. a symbolic thing. Sure. Um, where where Indiana Jones kind of takes him under his wing. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. I think that works a lot better and that the the, in terms of a delayed sequel like franchises that do this like they wait 20 years and then they do that most of the time they're like oh and the main character had a son and like there's some kind of reveal or something like like Kylo Ren there's some kind of twist to it or something and I feel like this would have been great to just be like, no, we're not doing that. And
0: the movie is very <laughs> lenient on Indiana for leaving Marion. Mm-hmm. Yes. With, and, like, no, obviously and he, they explain that he never knew yeah. that she was pregnant. But, like, apparently he left her at the altar or something.
2: Or a few weeks beforehand which, or something. Yeah. Like which, is,
0: yeah. which is weird. And I don't know if the idea is that it's kind of like, oh, well, we don't want to imply that, like, he, you know, was with her... I don't because I, yeah. Raiders already kind of implies this, but like we don't want to imply that that he got her pregnant, you know, before they were married or whatever, mm. like you know, out or like yeah. without them planning to be. I don't know. But like they I, don't want to make him a,
2: a deadbeat monster or something, but yes. also like he kind of is, yeah, based
0: on the way you've you've set this up, and so it's like why? Like I feel like it would be if it was just oh they they drifted apart and she found out later, right? That's not that
1: yeah. I
2: think, like I, I think they intended out of it.
0: character, and they kind of. The way they did it they they sort of i think made it too much where he gets away with it just like oh yeah I, I guess i was not there for for right. this this kid and you know no and then they just get married at the end it's yeah. like oh i guess in i a, guess all that emotional uh
2: in a very, <laughs> all those
0: emotional
2: voids have been filled and everything's fine now in a very you bland know? ceremony in an undecorated church <laughs> I, I wouldn't go to that either salah <laughs>
1: Um, Britain the 50s were a different time
2: a blander time apparently I mean correct are are the 50s the blander have you watched Howdy Doody have you no I I will say I enjoyed the I like Ike line I just old man Ford is just a fun guy he's really good it would have been great if in this movie he had looked at Mutt and gone it's all real kid the holy grail the ark of the covenant it's all real aliens aliens Kate Blanchett I, Kate Blanchett's real apparently he saw her out of her wig on set one day and didn't know she was because he'd only ever met her while she was oh in her gosh. wig by the way Kate Blanchett is looking so much like Thoroughly Modern Millie in this movie mm. the whole time I was like not for the life of me uh, anyway <laughs> that's a fun I show did like with her some quite big, a big racism voice. in it sure uh, but
0: I'm, these are references you're making for 100% <laughs> can't corroborate not made uh, up <laughs>
2: I um, did you guys know I did not know this that the even numbered movies in this trilogy are about them returning an object and the odd number are about them retrieving an object because <laughs> in 1 and 4 or to me in 2 and 4 they have to like, what, what was the object in 2 what's the MacGuffin
0: the the stones yeah like... they have to take
2: them back to the place yeah. but in 1 and 3 they gotta go get the Ark go get the Grail the, is it Shankara stones something like that yeah. yeah so in 5 I guess they gotta look for I don't know What's a big artifact? And specifically a Christian artifact. Well, here And here's another issue that I had with this one. All three of the other artifacts are religious in some yes. element. And I feel like the movies did a really lovely job of not um, being overly like religious as films, but still like adhering to all this mythology and everything, and these, this, this history and everything. Mm-hmm. But then in this one, for it to suddenly be like, aliens. Sure. It's like, but we've been doing like these cool historical ritual like artifacts and how they tie yeah, yeah. in with various like religions and theologies. That's really interesting. Sure. And here is just like we found a guy's well, head. They, that's fair. Unless I, it was an this... Al Ron Hubbard
1: thing, which
0: sure. you know, which would have
1: been. Oh my god! Incredible. Secretly, and this is before the falling out between uh, Spielberg and Tom Cruise after War of the Worlds. Uh, Spielberg originally wanted Tom Cruise to play the role of Mutt Williams. <laughs> and it was all going to be a lead
2: in Scientology. <laughs> They're actually folks. half brothers and <laughs> I will say Lebuff and uh, no, 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 no. He both... was still a son.
0: <laughs> no, I was it was Spectre. Anyway, yeah. Cruise and LaBeouf are both <laughs> really good
2: at going no 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 go 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 move, moo move, moo move, moo. Move. Um
0: but on that point, yes. I'm I, I might just I might just be ranting for a bit here so uh I'm just gonna I've got I've got my overall thesis on this, this might be sort of my backdoor worst thing, which I've been known to do from time to time. Is just that this is such the wrong angle to take. Mm-hmm. If you're returning specifically the fact that they're returning to him in the what what year is this supposed to take place?
2: 57? So
0: they're Something they're like re- they're returning to him in sort of as the Cold War is heating up. Um <laughs> they're they're kind oh of Oh my yeah. god. And the thing is the franchise already has several references and parodies, uh, or at, le- at least references. I don't know if they're necessarily parodies, but uh, uh, allusions to the James Bond franchise. Right? The character was created because he was trying to do St- Spielberg wanted to do a James Bond movie, and George was like, "Screw those guys! We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna go do this instead." Um, and
2: you don't now, want any of those. You're apples. now
0: approaching the time when James Bond. I mean, this is when the James Bond books are being written correct so it's like Um, you're dealing with the topics that James like this you're you're getting more into that they mentioned several times that oh Bond was with like the CIA or he was a a double agent in Berlin right like they 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 reference things like that and it's like you could have I need
1: I need to also discuss the political stuff because this movie is very confused about what it wants to say
0: um but you could have done so much with that, I think, in terms of trying to to mold this, since it is such a time gap, mold this into more of, like, a James Bond... Sure. ...story. Um, and I... As it is, you're kind of just sitting there with, oh, it's Indiana Jones, and now Marion's back, and his son's tagging along, and we're kind of just doing the same thing, only we're doing it in a lot more boring, and... Yeah. and maybe I think bland is a good word for it, like, we're just doing you know a much more sort of washed out uh not nearly as as sort of gritty or, or underdog scrappy yeah. you know whatever word you want to use we're, we're just not doing the same thing and i think it ultimately it's it's completely undercutting the fact that the original three movies are supposed to be these uh homages to the serials of mm-hmm. the 30s you and know 30s is. or or I don't know exactly when that would have come out, but back then, back yonder, um, they were very like disconnected, separate events. And it's like, you were being dropped in the middle of this thing. And like, as you would have been, if you had just caught one of these episodes back in the thirties, you wouldn't really have known maybe what was going on. If you hadn't caught up with the rest of the series In the same way that the first star Wars is allegedly supposed to work. Um, you it's just you're being dropped in the story. You know the main character because he's seen him in this other thing. Then the side characters and the, the the new cast they're all new, and we're not really all that continuity heavy. There's there's gonna be some references and some tie-ins every now and then. I mean it's the same reason I had a problem with the flashback in the fir- or in Last Crusade, the, to to when he's young because the franchise inherently is not designed to have all these like neat sort of ties and bows and Mm -hmm. and it's not really supposed to be like oh we're you know having the look at look at all these references we have in between it's supposed to be like each time it's a new adventure you don't really know exactly what you're going to get we're going to explore some different thing we're going to go in a different direction get something new for indiana to to bounce off of and we're going to have a new fun experience where this i felt was very much a triumphant indiana jones is back y'all yeah. and we gotta you know here's his son here's the girl that was his best love interest and uh you know we're now he's gonna marry her and you know we're gonna like i realize that it's hard to resist doing something like this with old indiana jones but i just feel like the foundation is broken from the start of them trying to apply to a fr- like you can in the way that like force awakens does this to the original star wars trilogy where it's sort of oh it's 20 years later and we're kind of we're, we're reworking some stuff, but look, isn't it amazing? It's the Millennium Falcon, and yeah. there's Han Solo. And like, oh, isn't this awesome? You know, a lot of people have problems with that. And like, I, I get, you know, all the... We, that's another discussion. We've had that discussion. Go go, listen to that episode. Um, but that inherently works better because despite the fact that Star Wars claims it is supposed to be a serial where you're jumping in in the fourth episode or whatever, right. it really just feels like the beginning of the story. And we yeah. follow that story pretty closely where you know there there is a, a defined beginning middle and an end yeah. of the original trilogy there's some gaps in between sure that you can fill but by and large it feels like we're, we're progressing through that and so when you come back to that 20 years or however longer than that however long it was later when they come back and force awakens it's like okay this is this is like we're doing a new thing now yeah and we're you know like this is this is a big celebration that we're we're using to start off something new whereas the original Indiana Jones ne- Movies never had that sort of interconnectedness that yeah. you could then come and say, "Oh, I am making this this big celebration of all these three different movies that don't have a whole lot to do with one another." Yeah. Like, I, I think that's where I land on this, and that's where I have. It's not so much that it's so indulgent with a celebration because it's really not. I mean, that you know, the Mar- bringing Marion back is the biggest thing, and, and having him ha- have his son there; Um, those are both like pretty bad, I would argue, but. Yeah. Um, aside from some of the like the hat and stuff and like you were saying with them playing the theme all the time yeah yeah you know it, it really doesn't get into that too much but the entire thing sort of feels like it's just coasting off of hey you, you kind of remember what Indiana Jones is like right here's a movie about it. yeah yeah this is this is good isn't it isn't it right you know we're we're kind of revisiting some some different things that you might remember and uh, you know we're just kind of traveling through it and we're gonna do a regular Indiana Jones adventure but now it's just like we're making sure that you remember that this is based on those other three movies. Right. Um, I I think that's where I land ultimately is that it's, it's not excessive necessarily, but it's just not the direction that I think you should take it. So I think there's so many more interesting ways, like the idea of area 51. That's really cool. I think I actually think that that's something Mm. you could do really in a really interesting way with an Indiana Jones movie where he's already had all these weird, bizarre things, but they reveal that the alien is real in the first, like 10, 15 minutes of the movie. Um, right when they find him in the 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 place there's already all sorts of weird i mean the entire fact that like basically they kill everyone guarding area 51 in the first you know i mean within like 30 seconds basically like they just get them all to come to the front gate and then they mow them down and then now they have area 51 there's basically no other american soldiers they've just sort of got the run of the place
1: um, I'm also confused about how that alien connects with exactly. the Crystal Skull aliens. Like, the two plots seem to be separate, but but um, Kate Blanchett's character is working on both. Like, I, I was a little bit confused exactly. about I'm, that. I'm thinking other of... than aliens, and, and she has like some some vague line where she's like, "Oh, maybe the one we found at Area Fifty-One was like a distant cousin or something." And I'm like, yep. well, "That seems kind of <laughs> flimsy, doesn't it?" So,
0: so look at look at raiders of the lost ark right you have the entire movie happens with the, the art they're fighting for the arc because indiana he just he just thinks it's an artifact that you know belongs in a museum we gotta we gotta get that it belongs, in the museum. Museum. It belongs in a museum in a museum um and then at the very end they lift off the top and holy crap it just exploded all these nazis that was horrifying what in the world oh god all right let's get that out let's let's go put that some get the top men on that um, that comes out of like basically nowhere at the very end of the movie um, there's the I, you, there's a, the storm kind of halfway through where they're trying to actually dig it out and it's kind of like oh is that supposed to be supernatural what's going on there but you, you are not expecting that at the end if you're watching this for the first time That that is a not even really a build that's just a shock like that comes out of nowhere the uh, Temple of Doom you start off in the middle of is it Shanghai or is it Hong Kong
2: I believe it's it's china but i don't know specifically where um which is hong kong's not actually part of china right or is it not anymore it's its own kind of thing But at the time it was it is a
0: city in that region um and you're you're in the middle of it it's a it's a crowded city and everything and we're slowly peeling back to okay now they're they're on a plane ride and now they're they're trying to get out and okay now they're in nepal or um yeah is it nepal I i think so getting all my india the jones geography but they they get out of the plane and now they're floating on a river and okay now they're they're on a trek to some temple somewhere in, in india uh, and then they you know are in this temple and this temple seems fairly civilized they're eating some weird stuff but okay and then we we get into okay now there's there's secret passageways in this temple okay now there's a bunch of freaky bugs and traps and oh my gosh there's a man <laughs> tearing the heart out of another man <laughs> with these stones blaring fires or, or like blazing you know, in the middle of this giant cult temple, and this yeah. is horrifying. Like it's it's this slow build and reveal, probably like halfway through the movie or so, Um maybe not quite that far, but it's it it takes a, a good while yeah. of this increasing sense of unease and just general not throwing you right into it to really get you into the idea of okay, you know, the, the, there's something really freaky going on. Okay, wow, there's this crazy cult that appears to be doing some some pretty impossible stuff, alright, this is well, I guess we're here, this is crazy um, and then, Last Crusade kind of goes back to the Raiders formula of, okay, now we're we're going through these trials to try and get to this thing, but we actually have no idea if it's of a real significance right. you know, Henry Jones Sr. is really obsessed with it because of the fact that it's an artifact, again he, it belongs in a museum, you know, it's not so much that he wants eternal life for himself and so then you get through all that and okay well it, it, it does work it's the real holy grail and then it gets lost and so they they maintain the sort of myth of all of this right it's like this is all very mystical and spiritual and religious and it's all you know we we never spend too much time with whatever that is i i would argue they push that a little far in temple of doom with the mind control stuff um But by and large, they they keep things in the dark, they keep things shrouded, you don't know exactly how things work or why, and they do a good job of of leaving the elements he's dealing with being very mysterious and otherworldly, ironically enough, because this is the one that has to do with aliens. (laughs) and this one we reveal very early on it's like oh yeah there's aliens oh it's roswell you remember roswell yeah that's where the aliens crash yeah indiana jones was there i think he knew (laughs) he like they they just mentioned that they're like oh he happened to be part of that like i guess he was stationed near there and so he they they had him cover it up and it's like what 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 he just knew about
1: aliens somewhere somewhere along the way well he didn't actually know what it was like he it was it was very shrouded in mystery but for the now may i may i play devil's advocate here can i
0: finish i haven't finished making my point about what the alien like how this actually applies to the alien stuff in crystal skull okay um let me finish that first and then i will i will await rebuttals um my point is that in this i mean the audience immediately you you say roswell it's like okay sure you know ufo yeah, we, crash we, we, get it, yeah. we sure we uh, that, that's distant cousin perhaps but, and then and then we look and it's like oh oh it's it's crystal skull oh the the mayans think this is their god okay it's an alien it's big
1: this is dan Aykroyd's favorite movie by the way
0: Um <laughs> uh, like big alien skull okay that's that's what the MacGuffin is we're, we're holding around a big alien skull we're carrying it around it's magnetic i guess uh, and we're, we're carrying around and this dude it drove, drove this dude a little bit crazy he seems to be real obsessed with it he's got the skull and and then we get it back and we set it down and then suddenly there's a real live alien just like in this temple and there's all this crazy stuff going on and a giant spaceship comes out of the earth and goes into the other space between worlds or whatever like,
1: because they're not aliens; they are <laughs> interdimensional sure. beings. Sure. Granted, that was that was the excuse George Lucas used when Spielberg said, "I'm not doing aliens." Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, so my point is that in this one, they immediately established "Oh, hey, it's aliens. Area 51, Roswell. There, we saw a weird alien body. Yeah, it's aliens. They're aliens exist. They're they're here. That's what we're dealing with right now. And we're getting into, oh, hey." We, we we found the skull this is clearly an alien skull you guys are all are all mysterious about this I'm like ooh, what is i don't know what it is it could be right. anything it could just be a real cool crystal we don't <laughs> know and then like, no this is, this is what you're going for here and then they just really hammer it home and go completely over the top with that finale um i don't know exactly how you do this differently but i'm saying that when you look at the overall con i mean i think that all nuancy, nuance 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 goes out the window immediately when you just blow up an atom bomb and have indiana jones survive it by being in a fridge and we'll we'll yeah. talk about that um we'll talk about that i say an hour and 10 minutes into this podcast but i think that there's just no build or tension or miss like you were saying britain about like um actually you said we're on hubbard didn't you i did i did i was thinking of um more of a who's who's the cthulhu guy Oh, Lovecraft. Lovecraft. Yes, that would be a really cool. That way to
2: take this. would be cool. That would
0: be dope if you had it be oh, like, man. oh, creepy uh, Lovecraftian beings. What's what's going on? You know, primordial. Oh what, man! What, like what if
2: Indiana Jones had to fight Cthulhu,
0: <laughs> he couldn't look upon him; he would go mad. That's <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Oh. And I don't. And that's a hard thing to do too. I understand, but I'm saying if you're going to try to keep this air of creepy mystery, because and I think the other thing too is that this it's it's a may seem like a nitpicky thing on the surface but i think it's important this entire movie is shot in daylight it's there like there there's the it's night when they go to actually get the skull or whatever from the place and then pretty much the rest of the time it's very bright and it's just like oh we've got the again with the rubbery and the lighting and we talk about that but there is never this sense of of doom or mystery Mm. or, or 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 fear around the skull it's just like, oh, we got this MacGuffin Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe they just carved it. Maybe I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know what it could be. It can't be aliens even though Roswell and Area 51. I can't be aliens. Oh, oh, it's aliens. <laughs> um, and so I I don't think they handle that mystery well at all. I I don't think it's built in a way that that leads the audience to a guess at all, you know, in or kind of be left in the lurch as like, "Oh, is is what is it supposed to be?" I, you know right there there's no especially by the ending of course but even up to that point it's pretty clear that's what they're going for um and they they kind of just don't respect the fact that oh hey those other movies had this really nice sense of tension and and sort of respect for things you don't understand and i don't think this movie does that at all and i think that it centers on a the fact that it's I mean, the fact that it's about aliens already makes that hard to deal, and the way they go about executing that makes it impossible for it to to really be effective. I think there's ways you could do it, and I think there's ways you could tie that in with, like, oh, what if we did sort of a a James Bond Cold War spy story where maybe Indiana Jones is out of his element because he's dealing with all this espionage, and, you know, maybe you do some parody stuff with, oh, here's the, the super young, hot... Bond girl and she's trying to to get with with Harrison Ford, but oh she's the Russian spy and like make some jokes about how he should have seen like I don't know, you can do stuff like that. And I think that would be such a more interesting way to take this if you really transitioned it into this is Indiana Jones trying to live in a changing world. It's a world of spies, you know, and he's getting embroiled in Cold War, back and forth, and somewhere in the middle of all this, oh, there's this alien. What's what's this mystery about? We don't know what exactly this is. And then maybe you have the ending take place at Area 51. So that then you're like, oh, collecting the dots. Oh, that Roswell, yeah, that's, that's where we're going with all this. Like you don't reveal why, right away what exactly we're going for here. Um, this is almost one that I, if we ever did another podcast where we rewrote movies, I would want to do this except for the fact that I would not do any of the same things the movie did. So it probably wouldn't be a great candidate. But I think that's, there's just enough ideas in the premise there that I'm really interested in that I think could have been really, really cool if they'd done that in a different direction. But as it is, it just feels like, oh, what if we did Aliens, but we didn't, like, what if we did the least effective job we've ever done of dealing with the MacGuffin or the religious artifacts or whatever in an Indiana Jones movie? We did the worst Indiana Jones movie in general, just in terms of the way it's executed, and then we used Aliens as a MacGuffin so that it's even more removed from those other three movies that people have now kind of generally deified. (laughs) <laughs> it's I, I think it's just such a world away from what it could have been and what it should have been. <laughs> so that's my thoughts on Kingdom of the Crystal School. <laughs> this is this is why I kept having to stop myself early on, because I was like, I I realized that I have a lot of thought. I don't hate it. I really don't. I just don't think it I think it could have been so much more.
1: Now like I said, mm-hmm. if
2: I may play devil's. No, you Advocate can actually. That's the end moment. of
0: the podcast. Uh, you can find I can the real... line. I give it a C <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Yeah, real quick, you mentioned Cthulhu, so now I'm just thinking about Azathoth. <laughs> uh, Azathoth is the ruler of the Outer Gods. He dances at the center of the universe to the sound of blind pipers.
0: Yeah, my, my buddy uh, Azathoth. Uh, yeah, exactly.
2: he's Cthulhu's granddad. Love that guy. I, I just looked at a bunch of Cthulhu uh, universe gods. <laughs> I went downtown with uh, him scary last stuff.
0: Week.
2: <laughs> Nyarlathotep is not to be trifled with. <laughs> Oh, he's all he's all barking up. So, Alex, you know? I'm just saying, be careful what devils you advocate for. All right, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to have to be dealing with the nameless mist or anything. That's that's fair. I, I cannot argue against that. <laughs> then I got into um, Norse stuff, and I was like, "Oh, Fafnir, yeah, sure." <laughs> <laughs> I just want to talk about my favorite deity in Norse mythology, the serpent that encircles the world,
0: mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Jormungandr. Okay, I will stop, Alex. Britton, Britton, uh, oh. your elbow is encircling oh, the table there.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I just get really
2: cash when I talk about Gunder. And
0: your and namelessness.
2: And the namelessness. Yeah. Beyond fail.
1: <laughs> go on, Alex. So, regarding the fact that they very early on go, yeah, we're doing aliens. Mm-hmm. In a way, I kind of respect that. Sure. Because... So with each of these movies it's it's the same pattern like indiana jones is skeptical we don't really know what it is and then we slowly learn and then like crazy stuff happens toward the end mm-hmm. like specifically one and three that's that's kind of the pattern mm-hmm. and, and, and in a way temple of doom as well um this one very early on goes we're doing aliens we're not beating around the bush like i i respect that in terms of Like, I know what I'm getting with an Indiana Jones movie. I'm expecting there to be a supernatural element, whether it be something religious or aliens. I like that it goes ahead and gets that out of the way. However... However, Mm -hmm. once again, we have a a, a skeptical Indiana Jones, and I'm just like, with all the stuff you've seen, why is this so hard to comprehend? May I repeat, you were at Roswell. (laughs) You were at Roswell. I don't care if you didn't actually see anything. You had to have made some really, really good assumptions. But yeah, that's, that's kind of my... I, I kind of agree with you, kind of don't.
0: For me, it's it's the execution of the religious artifacts in the yeah. other three movies. Well,
1: also, I I personally, and I, I think just by watching it, watching all of them this last round, personally, the mysteries and figuring out what the artifact is and what it does has never interested me. Like it's, I think that's partially why I found the last one kind of boring. Um, I didn't really care because I'm. I, just like, oh, it's it's the cup. My like, my point yeah. is
0: not that the that you know, it, it leaves you trying to figure out what the artifacts are and how they work. My point is that it leaves you with a sense of, "Oh, we really haven't or we Indiana Jones and and crew really have no idea how that works." That's mm-hmm. sort of it's it's I mean, it really is that Lovecraftian thing of, yeah. "Oh, the something that's so terrible and powerful to behold that you can't even understand it." Right. You know, that talking about with the the freaky ghost in uh, in Raiders of the Lost Ark where there's this crazy ghost lady that melts a dude's face and like there, right. there's and the way it like destroys the Nazis is so horrifying and gruesome and just like what? Um, yeah
1: and then at the end of this one it's just like oh we're just gonna do the same thing. Yes. Cape um, she <laughs> wants knowledge but uh, yes. an alien's gonna burn her eye holes yes. and then
0: and it's not gonna look nearly as good. Um, no.
1: Yeah.
0: But my point is that like talking about in uh last crusade as well with the the temple holding the the grail where Mm. you know you've got the just massive caverns and it's just like what what you know it it feels bigger than indiana can comprehend and of course the the guy disintegrating after he drink donovan disintegrating after he drinks of the wrong grail and like the way that sort of thing is handled is so like oh well that's that's just so much like this man is not equipped to handle this right now in a way that leaves the audience thinking, like, w- what What was that exactly? Like, what was going on? Like, this one, it's basically, oh, they put the skull back on the alien, so the alien got came back to life, and then he flew <laughs> off in a spaceship. And it's like, oh, that's a, that was a big spaceship. Dude. Was that supposed to have really happened? Like, did we, did we not notice? <laughs> did we just miss that? And then there's a giant hole somewhere in... South America, okay, I guess. Well, now we're... it's just ocean.
1: <laughs> I did like how they utilized stuff like the Nazca lines. I-, I liked. Sure, mm. that's that was kind of fun. Um, yeah, uh, Tyler, I, I don't, I don't disagree. I don't completely agree. I, I yeah, for me they that could...
0: is the. I think I
1: guess it's just because the 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 chase itself has never interested me. Like sure. getting to the thing and building up the mystery mm-hmm. and suspense that's never been what I've been interested in. It's more just I like this character sure. and I like seeing him do things. Um and and like I said I have a I've much less investment in this mm-hmm. franchise overall, so maybe that's that's the reason why. Sure. Um, but but everything with with the the alien and figuring out what it is and the crystal skull none of that really bothered me other than the overuse of cg sure
2: yeah
0: for me for me the, that sort of air is and i know this is probably a personal thing i don't think this is what how everybody feels about the original trilogy of the indiana jones movies um that is to me like kind of the draw is i mean for one it's the execution of the practical effects and the action and, and right obviously harrison ford being harrison ford and being a ton of fun um but it's all that in combination with this it's this one guy he's just trying to get he's just trying to put some stuff in a museum and then you got you know man, men men pulling hearts out of other men and throwing them into the lava whirlpools and what the <laughs> heck is going on here like that juxtaposition i think is really fun and really interesting and sort of really all inspiring and well done in the first three movies and that's that's for me why this is this is so disappointing um in ter- because again It's not that you can't do aliens. I'm not I'm not trying to make the argument that like anybody you know because I think that is something that's sort of come up as like, oh well you you know, they're all religious in the first one and now you're doing aliens. What's that about, Spielberg? You hack? Um This I, I think it is something that could be done, and could be done in the same way, where it's this really interesting sort of freaky otherworldly thing that we don't really know anything about as opposed to being so clear-cut. It's just an alien. It's yeah. just an alien. It's just an alien.
1: Right. Um, I mean... the. I kind of think it would have been funny if at the end it comes back together and it's just a xenomorph. <laughs> and it just starts violently <laughs> murdering <laughs> everyone.
0: That was sort of my first thought is like, what if instead of, oh, we go to Area 51, we name drop Roswell and we see the at least the arm of an alien, of a dead alien. What if it was just like Indiana's in some cave somewhere. He's trying to track something down in the intro. And he happens upon this skeleton, the skeleton don't look right. It's like, oh, yeah. what's it? This, this is weird. Here's a crystal skull. What's that? This is kind of free. This
1: is, this it's is... a giant albino man.
0: Well, it's like, is the yeah? Is this a, a, a deformed man? Is this an alien? Now I'm it, just imagining a...
1: replacing that that alien at the end with with the giant Prometheus um, engineer, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just when it when it pulls off it, like it, it snaps off Michael Fassbender's head and yeah, yeah. hits old man Guy Pierce with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, the exact same scene, but with Cate sure. Blanchett instead.
0: It works. Um, <laughs> and that's my point. That, that, like, I would have rather seen something like that because that, that is – I mean, that was what I was thinking was even though I do not like Prometheus. Uh, or is that in Prometheus or is that in the, the other one? Covenant. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Prometheus. Okay. Either way, the idea of, oh, there's this freaky skeleton we see an alien – and that's a little bit more what i'm thinking of is that this this skeleton is not a xenomorph that we see in alien and again it's sort of the thing of you're trying to explain that in prometheus and alien covenant like oh where did that skeleton come from it's like no that that was kind of just this cool freaky mystery that just left you thinking like oh this world's really and like when you see the giant egg cavern in alien it's like oh this is this is terrifying like there's a whole lot going on here we don't we don't really know anything about this this we don't like this this is, not, right. this is not good. We need, to, we need to get them back to Earth and just forget about that. Blow it up. I don't know. It's scary. <laughs> like, that sort of idea of having something where, oh, there's a lot more to this that we are not saying. We are seeing the tip of the iceberg, and they're just trying to deal with what they can and what they're they're having to deal with of this massive thing that is so hidden and so, like, beyond our imagination. Like, that is more what I'm thinking of that would be a really cool way to go with it. Um, so it's it's not it's not that it's aliens it's that it's not aliens done well what do my point you want to talk about the fridge scene
1: not really because everybody knows what's wrong with it like I
0: so there was one observation we had that and I'm sure people have like pointed this out but I just had not thought of this because everyone thinks about oh it's the fridge scene where he gets in a fridge and he survives an atom bomb explosion um from it's
1: lead line, Tyler. It's he lead was line. fine.
0: It, that is a fun little bit where it's like, oh, it's lead line. Well, That's, that's going to help.
2: If Superman can't see through it, uh-huh. um, what's it going to do? What makes you think that anything Email? from Earth can? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh-huh.
0: Actually, uh, canonically, uh, Superman gets blown up by an atom bomb in uh, uh, The Dark Knight Returns, and it, it greatly weakens him.
1: Um, and Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. And
0: also Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice League.
1: So. <laughs> You know, like I feel like there's a you know, it I, could I, I, be stronger. No. It's hard to say. I've, I've, I've been hoisted on my own lead guitar. <laughs> also, they never mentioned Indiana Jones's mother named Martha.
0: Also, The Dark Knight Rises is not technically canon because it's. Oh uh, um, yeah, you mean Dark Knight Returns? Or that too. <laughs> Dark Knight Rises is also not not comics canon. But um... <laughs> anyway, went uh, all over the place with that one. The fridge scene uh he gets in the fridge yeah it's fairly fairly iconic
1: um for the, all the wrong reasons
0: yes he he gets in the fridge and and then i do love
1: the scene where he's running around the little yes. nuclear test yes where he's terrifying like oh, um perfect uh, 50s so that's a scary scene Utopia. before you realize what
2: it is when he's just like seeing a bunch of mannequin people yes that's scary yes. yeah well I, I also love just the
1: bit where he runs out and there's like a bike and stuff and then he's like just tripping over it all that was funny i'm yeah. like old man ford mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i buy it um and then, like the Soviets are racing off, he's like, "Sure, don't wait yeah, for me." Yeah, yeah.
0: It's good. It's good. Um, but the so I think this almost would have worked if it was just like explosion comes through, the house is leveled, he gets out of the rubble, it doesn't really, you know, in in the, in actual physics, of course, it doesn't work. But also, like the radioactivity after the fact, that wouldn't really play. Yeah. But if you were just like the fridge gets knocked over there's a giant explosion fade to black he wakes up opens the fridge even though I, I guess he can't open fridges from the inside or I don't know that's a thing at the time you couldn't sure but he it's Indiana Jones so he's, he punches through it. it's fine um, the 50s were a different the time the 50s were a different time he gets out of it somehow there's a fly attacking me right now I apologize uh, if it is is it a lead lined fly it's a lead lined fly it survived uh, the atom bomb explosion that should have killed it yeah it's really heavy it keeps clunking down on the table <laughs> Uh, that was one of the I think the worst riffs we've had as a group yeah. in a long time <laughs> um, you're welcome
2: I, I tell you, that, that, that joke went off like a lead fly <laughs> I brought it back <laughs> <laughs> woo um, but yes yeah, so he gets out of the the fridge
0: yeah if 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 that was all it was and it, he was still in the same place it was just like there's rubble everywhere a house is level the fridge is super strong it's a joke whatever it's a big military tested fridge it's, it's meant for at a bomb bunker or whatever and he gets out of it, and it's like, oh, okay. That's one thing. But the way, it, the way it's done, and again, getting back to the CGI, the Fridge goes flying out of the explosion, passed over the head of the car that is driving as fast as possible away from the, the explosion, crashes into the ground multiple times, bouncing and bouncing and bouncing in ways that every single one of those bounces would have, would have killed old man Ford. And then it <laughs> lands, opens, he rolls out, and then he gets out and looks and the, the mushroom cloud is right there. <laughs> it's yep. just like...
1: It, it, hold on. It, it is a really cool visual. It, it is a beautiful cool. shot. It doesn't make a lick of sense but it's a really cool, it's cool. visual.
0: The heat would have murdered him alone. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that if he was that close he would be dead from radiation poisoning. Like, it, it's just... None of it... Like, I don't know how any of this... It is a cool... Like, the actual reveal of oh. There's another bomb about to draw, where it shows it like on the hillside and yeah, yeah. that's
2: that's neat. I do like that setup just cuz that's a cool way of showing that. But it, it's such a it's such a weird way to have him. Yeah. And and Roger Ebert used to point out a lot that you can't outrun explosions. Yes. You you can get it's out also, of blast radius, but you can't outrun them. It's
1: also weird that they have a nuclear test site so close to Area 51. Yes. And I guess to be fair, we don't actually know how long Indiana Jones kind of travels sure, once he kind sure. of escapes Area 51, but still, it's it's, yes. very, it's all, very weird. It's all
0: weird. It's all weirdly handled. Uh, he Yeah, he, he gets out, and they just clean him off. And give him a little, I kind give of a little feel like over. the
1: whole action scene should somehow be like a chase scene trying to get away from this nuclear bomb exploding. I don't know. Like... And, yeah. and the whole thing is like we gotta gain enough distance yes. to get out of range of the bomb. I don't know. I, I feel like that would just make make more sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or maybe you just don't do it. <laughs> maybe because uh, they, they cut they cut to the next scene and they're they're like whatever the the, the procedure is to clean someone when they've got like radiation uh, to keep them from getting like poisoned or whatnot. So they're they're kind of hosing him down and, and scrubbing him, and it's just like I don't. Being that close to a bomb, I don't think you can just scrub that off. <laughs>
2: it's just burnt skin that they're just <laughs> I don't know, man. L'Oreal.
1: <laughs> um Don't worry, they used Dove,
2: it was funny. Yeah, I just said L'Oreal Alex, that's a competing product. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We're sponsored that it by fun. L'Oreal <laughs> the oh, name that makes me. it more fun. Oh there goes the money.
1: <laughs> placement. Um Uh, This week's episode also brought to you by Nuclear Weapons. (laughs) That's accurate. (laughs)
0: They blow stuff up. It's real great. It's just a ton of fun. Bring your friends. Oh,
2: yeah. And we got stamps again. Have a a country you don't want anymore? (laughs) (laughs) Tired of that pesky civilization? Are you afraid that aliens (laughs) are going to show up with crystal skulls? Do you love your flying robot housekeeper, but you only want to hang out with them? And a two-headed cow, maybe?
0: There is uh speaking of, of Fallout, um Thank you there I'm is, glad you got it. <laughs> there is a great a great bit in um Fallout New Vegas where uh you can find a fridge with a skeleton and uh an, an Indi- the Indiana Jones fedora basically. I mean obviously they, they can't actually call it any of that. Glorious. But like it's just sitting along the side of the road somewhere. Uh, that's it's, cute.
1: it's great. That's that's like you finding Jar Jar Binks frozen in carbonite in one of the Force yes. Unleashed yes. games. Same, really? same energy. Yeah. Oh wow, that's amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the scene doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And it's, it's got a couple of cool moments. On
0: a large, note, that's
1: that's it's kind of a microcosm of the movie. It really it's, is. A lot of it is cool in theory, kind of. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of good moments, but. Otherwise, doesn't make sense. And and
0: also, it's (laughs) weird to do that again right away. We're just showing that up front, and then we're not really discussing Cold War tactics at all. Like that feels like, oh, you know, we're gonna. This is gonna lead into some sort of larger discussion about, oh, he's he's embroiled in the Russia versus the U.S. What's going on here?
1: You know, can I go on my rant about the politics now? Sure. Because this movie, all right, all right. So the first three movies, or at least one and three. Because the second one we're just dealing with weird cultists So it's fine Mm -hmm. Um, One and three, we're dealing with the Nazis It's pretty clear cut, black and white, they're bad guys We're fine with just murdering them indiscriminately Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter This one, it feels like it's trying to be a bit more ambitious In terms of the thematics of it all Because Cold War, US versus Soviets You know, uh, uh, to quote George Lucas There are heroes on both sides Evil is everywhere (laughs) Um... Uh, but it, do, it it seems confused about what it's trying to say is it trying to say that both sides are wrong in this fight um or is it just not saying anything because there was a specific thing that plinkett pointed out where Kate blanchett's her opening where she's like i've received x y and z medals and and i'm like i'm like a huge soviet hero um and then in the the scene where Indiana Jones is getting debriefed by the CIA guys and his general buddy comes in to rescue him, he's like, do you know how many um, uh, medals this SOB won? Mm-hmm. So it's just like, oh, is it supposed to be saying that both sides have brainwashed the people working for them? Like, I don't... Military bureaucracy?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah,
1: I don't know what it's trying to say um but then it's just like oh the russians are just bad guys like we're fine with just just killing them the same way we did the yeah. nazis yeah. so i eh, i i don't know it feels like it it's trying to attempt to say something that's a bit more nuanced and then it just goes back to same old same mm-hmm. old
0: yeah I and
1: i found that weird
0: that being said uh i do want to mention quickly Kate blanchett Really goes for the the Uma Thurman in Batman and Robin kind of vibe here. I I, yep. I appreciate it quite a bit. She's got a very yeah, just like true in the scenery, just go-
2: she based this off of the Bond girl from Russia with Love. I think hmm. I think is kind of how she got the sort of her touchstone. Hmm. Interesting.
0: Just like she she's very over the top and. Oh, she's great. In a fun way. Her her accent is absurd and wonderful.
2: And, and apparently she was a big fan of Indiana Jones. So the first time <laughs> she met Harrison Ford, he, they were both in costume. So she was like, that was super cool that I got to meet Harrison yeah. Ford. At right. Jones. And she was apparently originally going to be the precog in Minority Report. But then there was like scheduling conflicts and it couldn't work mm. out. So she ended up doing other things like the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> that would be the Lord time Ring.
1: frame. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's That's so pretty good. cool. Yeah, she's great. Um... Yeah, she's really fun. She um Marion, I Yeah. Karen Allen's great. I continue to so like I,
2: she had all the stuff from Karen Allen I liked in the first movie without yeah. any of the meat for her to chew on. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And I like I I don't wanna be like,
1: oh, she absolutely shouldn't have been in this movie. I just don't think story wise there's yeah. a place for that yeah. character as much as I like Karen Allen in this role. Again, it's like whenever she's bickering with Indiana Jones, it is a lot of fun. Um but yeah, she just at at, at a certain point she's just like she drives the car right Mm -hmm. and that's her function for like half an hour and then the the final act of the movie like once they go through the waterfall stuff which is also almost as terrible as the Mm atom bomb scene um then she she has absolutely nothing to do like she has no bearing on the plot whatsoever um well, then, and, then aside the, and then, there's from, and then there's at they on, get married. At yeah, the,
0: the, the tacked on wedding at the end. That is like yeah. this wasn't really. There was nothing in this that made us think that they would work. You guys together. weren't building up to this. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. I don't think. I think you took away the wrong lessons right. from their conversations together. When right. I'll, I'll, um, this movie
2: overside kicks like, I, yes. and I think it yes. scales. in the first movie, it's just him and Karen Allen. Mm-hmm. In the second movie, it's him and Short Round and Willie. Mm-hmm. And in the third one, it's him and. Uh, Sean Connery and Sean Connery and, and Sala and Brody yes so I but it makes
1: it. a point Bumpet that those other characters are kind of useless, and yes. Indiana Jones is really just kind of working on his yes. own. Right,
0: but also yeah, and, and this felt overly specifically. Stuffed. Yeah, specifically Last Crusade is great because it is it is overstuffed, but it's like, oh, Indiana Jones is the yeah. only one of any of these characters that knows what's really
2: going on. And They're also, all incompetent. And also two of those guys, for people from the previous movie, didn't get as much to yes. do, so they come along. I really love that Brody got to play, mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed right. them. And here it's like you got Ray Winstone, who I like a lot.
1: His just, character is terrible, his so and useless. I have no idea what's going on with I didn't him. like
2: his character, but I just like Ray Winstone a lot, having seen him other things. And John Hurt, who, look, John Hurt is one of the best to ever do it. He was a phenomenal mm-hmm. performer. I mean, I literally have never seen him bad in anything. Mm-hmm. Freaking Alien. Um, he did this TV movie with Christian Bale called All the Little Animals he's really good in. Uh, uh, Snowpiercer, Ticker Tailor Soldier Spy. He's also,
0: uh, I believe I'm getting this right, he is the... War Doctor from Doctor Who.
2: Oh, you're right. He is. Uh, he is. Which is the secret
0: yeah. middle doctor who fought in the Time War that, like, murdered his entire species. Yeah. So he's... They just do this, like, heart's work. are like,
2: oh... Yeah. Who are we gonna get to and, play this just, like, completely off-tone, just, like, yeah. horrifying? Like He's so good. And, like, you mentioned Harry Potter. He's hilarious in that movie. Like, he's mm-hmm. just... He was an amazing, amazing actor. And he's really good in this. But there's no need for that guy. No. There's no need for that guy.
1: Or if you're going to remove some of your other secondary characters like like a yeah. i feel like you could have you could have given him more screen time to help flesh him out sure. i think part of the problem is most of our empathy towards his character and his plight of having gone crazy is just based on how mutt's reacting yes. to it yeah. more so than oh we like this guy and we care about well, him
2: and, and how well john hurt is playing it because yeah. John Hurt can look that's so it. sad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, John Hurt. I mean, and he apparently was also like college roommates and buds with the great Ian McShane. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you even like? That's crazy. I love that. Yeah, right. I was so happy when I when I was looking through IMDb before the movie, and I was like, Oh yeah, Ray Winstone, John Hurt's in this movie. Jim Broadbent is in this movie. I got so excited, and then I went, Jim Broadbent's in two scenes of this movie. <laughs> yes. And John Hurt is. They're both underutilized, but also I love them both. So I'm just happy to see them. Uh, yeah, um, I I absolutely hated the
1: character of Mac. Yeah, uh, uh-huh, all, uh-huh. The, the, all the double and,
2: double crossing just didn't work. It was like the end of And I've
1: and... seen the behind the scenes stuff, and Ray Winstone goes, you know, when I, I, I act the scenes where he's working with the Russians, I, I play it like he's actually working for the Americans, and 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 the, vice versa when he's with the Americans. So basically, the idea is that he has no idea Which... what's happening. So he just plays for the opposite team.
0: That sounds like something that would be effective.
1: That sounds like a George Lucas idea. Yeah, I was gonna
0: say that sounds like the the acting method for like the star actor in, like an Oscar bait performance. <laughs> like <laughs> that sounds like Michael Fassbender in like a Cold War movie. Like that's that's how he's like like trying to like that's some tidbit from behind the scenes of like how we try to play it so
2: that like, yeah. you know things We're always confused yeah. Well, and look, when you if you were doing a really Ant. good double agent, Christopher Nolan, what side is this guy playing? Yeah. Uh, the series Bodyguard, which I've mentioned, did a really good job for, the, for, well, it's all of the six episodes, of keeping us in the dark about our main character's motivations. Huh. Which I, I mean, un, until the point where they're like, we can't pretend that right. we, we have to just let you in. But I, I at least felt like there was a... Much longer than most shows would take for the main character. Where I was like, I don't know where the main character stands, <laughs> yeah. and I liked that. Yeah. Again, that was intentional, and that and, was the point of and it. And again, six episodes, right? Six, six episodes, as opposed to
0: this is, it's a side character who's really like, yeah, a, 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 quarter, quarter, quarternary. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's yeah. like, he's not, he's not high on the priority list of getting, getting, no, you know, no, screen time or anything. And he's just, yeah, he's trying to play it in this way where like he's a very nuanced.
2: Character he's he's also not even, as much as Oliver Winstone, the character on the page is not even that much fun of a character yeah. to be yeah. like, I don't know why he's here, but I like pretty him. Pretty
0: crazy, I don't know. Well, it's, he might it's say he's a things. quadruple agent. He you
2: might never say know Jonesy, Joji, <laughs> Well, like
1: also when you get to the end of the movie, it's it's the easiest thing to be like on rewatch. This is not going to make any sense. Right. Like, why is he if he is purposely playing for the Soviets? Because he seems to have finally leaned into that at the end of the movie. Like he was with mm-hmm. the Soviets all along. Why is he stuck in the back of the trunk with Indiana Jones? Like, at some point, he would have revealed himself to be a turncoat long before that. Yeah. yeah. Like, and and just... Indiana Jones would not have been fooled as many times as he is fooled. Like, he would have shot Mac or tied him up and left him somewhere. He would not have put up with crap. It's
0: trying to... It seems like it's trying to do a very, like... Milk toast... Uh sort of thing of like oh capitalism is bad no matter which side you're on like
1: it it, it yes feels also like- yeah that that was another thing um in terms of the politics because he he just goes what can i say jonesy i'm a capitalist
0: yeah and it's like and oh, just so is like so it's, it's are greed, you
1: wait is that- are you do you know how much money george lucas has made in his life <laughs>
0: <laughs> to be fair to see he's given much of that uh, to charity that's um, true but my point is that like again it, it doesn't really i don't know if that's supposed to be like oh spielberg's trying to say something or if it's just like we need this character
1: we have. need some motivation for this some, guy we need some money th- some make it sound motivation. more nuanced he'll bring up a whole economic system
2: yeah and yeah. um i would have liked if short rounded saved him at some point that one, just yeah. swung in oh the that one that's so good also i genuinely found the the uh Incan warriors, very scary. Mm-hmm. The way they're crawling yes. out of the walls and all the dirt, and they're like flipping around and mm-hmm. stuff. However,
1: scary. I've got to be that guy going. So, did they have those walls purposely set up so they could break them down? Yeah. How did they get in there? I, like, you start it's, to break down the logic of they, that kind of stuff, they, and it doesn't make a whole lot of they sense. They
0: contracted out the knight from Last Crusade. They're yeah. like, "Hey, you're really good at rebuilding this crap. <laughs> can you can you come over <laughs> here? Make sure we're all set when a." Uh... When the guy comes by. I
2: thought you were gonna be. I gotta be that guy. Do they really have those martial arts in that time? And I was about to go. Yes, they did. Because <laughs> I looked it up. It's called Rumi Maki. That was not the point I was. Trying no, to I know. Make. And, and yours is I honestly a <laughs> much better argument.
0: Also, um, t- temple with with water features, trying to, to drown them. Um, I believe National Treasure: Book of Secrets uh, uh, already just sort of. I don't even. That movie might have come out after I this. I'm wish really not sure. 2007. Boom. Boom. Spielberg ripped off National Treasure Book of <laughs> Secrets.
1: Also, go. another um, accomplishment on my list of, of embarrassments, I know the year that National Treasure Book of Secrets came out off the top of my head.
2: Guys, I'm upset. I haven't seen either of those movies. I How wish. Dare you? I wish there was a third one. Oh, the National Treasure movies are National Treasures. Thank you. Can we just make a third, a, we make should. A third one and say it's Sahara or whatever? Can, can we
1: make... Or we could just throw it on top of... Indiana Jones would be like, we're doing these as a part of this. Who cares?
0: <laughs> I mean... Mm-hmm. I genuinely think those movies are a ton of fun. I yeah,
1: would I, I would like love to watching. actually
0: tackle them. It's a cavalcade
1: um, of stars. Mm-hmm. I think the first one's pretty good.
0: I just think they're fun. I mean, it's, you know... Uh,
1: the second one's uh, a movie. They need to, They need to finally just, like,
0: somehow combine the Sherlock Holmes and National Treasure movies so we can finally get a third one to both
2: (laughs) there you go
0: do some time traveling I don't care Um,
2: yeah any other big I just had this I just had this random
0: thought of like what if what if the third Sherlock Holmes movie you did like you did the thing that Sherlock the TV show did but it's like it's the descendant of the original Sherlock's. so it's it's Robert Downey Jr. still but it's like he's playing modern day Mm -hmm. Sherlock that's actually not an idea that I hate and I want to see that they're probably not going to do it anyway
1: i have one more point about mac um can either of you explain to me what is happening at the end when he's he's like because of course we need one character who's like going for all the gold and stuff Mm -hmm. at the end like that felt straight out of particularly the first um brendan fraser mummy movie because i think there's there's a character that does a similar thing in that Um, but but he starts he starts to get sucked in Indy has him with the whip and he's like ah come on hold on and then Max just like I'm gonna be alright Jonesy and I'm just like I don't know where this came from Um,
0: they deleted the scene where he pulls off his face mask and he is actually an alien (laughs) 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 yeah see
1: that's that's what I was missing that is
0: almost how you do that more is that if you have like some sort of thing i this well
1: that that could be interesting because he's playing both sides because he's like eventually one of these parties is going to get here and i'm like i'm trying to get back to my people or something there you go
0: so yeah it could be done in a way that would be really horrible and cheesy (laughs) but that could also be really interesting again a really interesting way like angle of taking it of like oh was he was he an alien the whole time like like if you have him have it handled in such a way where he sort of
1: if you make a couple of tweaks to that scene, it completely changes how you're supposed to look at his entire character. Yes.
2: Well, and then he lets go of the whip, and then Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones catch him. <laughs> and everybody's fine. And then, I thought you were going to say, and Will Smith
1: runs in and he's just like, I, I ain't heard there. no fat lady. There's four of those movies. Yep. Um, Two of them
2: are watchable. And I, the
0: fourth one apparently was bad, and I called I've seen it. it. I
2: just, remember, I just we... remember loving 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 that first one. Mm-hmm. Oh one. man
0: third one third one i remember being pretty. oh good. yes more so than i thought it would be yeah can we do uh the mummy scorpion king and national treasure movies all combined at some point it's just, it's, just it's my birthday the, next month <laughs> <laughs> the the Ots otts the Otslot. slot the Ots adventure schlock
1: See, it, it just depends on how nuts we want to get with it. because oh, also... I think we want to get nuts. <laughs> Going
2: back no, to my you... first appearance on the podcast.
1: I, I, I would wait until oh. you finish hearing what I have to say before <laughs> making that call. I agree 100%. Um, the... um, you know, Stephen Summers did, did the Mummy movies. Mm-hmm. He also did Van Helsing, which <gasps> is very much a, in a similar vein. And he also did the first G.I. Joe, which also has its sequel where Brendan Fraser has a cameo who is su- and his character is supposed to be a descendant of his character in the Mummy trilogy. So they all are connected in a very stupid way.
0: G.I. Joe I'm on board with. Van Helsing, no, because you, you you made me watch that at some point and it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I don't think it connects enough. I
1: think, think Brendan and me can, should... o- can can uh, uh, That'll be next year's you... Halloween episode. Yeah, y'all
2: like, can... I, uh... I mean, well, ooh, I get pretty scared. Um, no. <laughs> Uh, I, I will say I do like the idea of some some GI Joe mummy cross. The, the Van Helsing, uh, <laughs> Van Helsing movie does get. Th- th- this is the one you
0: showed me, right? Yes. The Van Helsing movie does give us the the great clip of Hugh Jackman making the uh, the like Catholic cross on his chest and looking up and like doing like the kissing <laughs> his fingers and like it's, it's this great like yeah.
1: It's it's another it's, movie it where, where he's holding a
2: dead girl at the end of the uh, end and he's just like screaming into nothing. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that in the theaters and spending the whole time going, that's so cool that Shuler Hensley is playing the monster because they were in Oklahoma together in London before Sh- <laughs> before Shuler Hensley transferred to Broadway with Patrick Wilson as Curly and uh, Shuler Hensley won a Tony for it. That's so cool. What's this movie about? <laughs> But I was just so happy. It's like when I saw Spider-Man 2. Is this and I not was. a musical? I spent the whole time during Spider-Man 2 going, oh, that's so cool that Alfred Molina and Donna Murphy are in this because they were both in Broadway shows in 2004. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Well, shall we wrap this one up, gentlemen? Speaking of mummies. I mean,
1: I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have a whole good. lot more to, to really to say out. about I the movie. I, despite all of my reservations and there there are plenty... Sure. Um, i i enjoyed it quite a bit yeah um which is weird i i feel i feel very detached from the series because like last crusade like the big um kind of conclusion i had with that was just i was bored by that one <laughs> um but then tyler you were very bored <laughs> by this one i'm like i thought it was entertaining i don't know i don't know how i how how i came to these conclusions they just they just happened
2: with your heart bud let's not be that generous (laughs) britain grade grade or recommendation
0: oh that's true that's uh
2: my recommendation speaking of shia labeouf is a movie that depending on where you live you can probably see it in theaters still i'm recommending the peanut butter falcon this is the movie that Joseph and I mentioned uh, in the Temple of Doom episode, being really excited about. And I saw it. Joseph, go see it, buddy. Um, it was really good. <laughs> basically, it's the story of a young man who has Down syndrome who lives in a retirement home because he has nowhere else to live, basically. And he breaks out. Uh, to, to, he wants to go to uh, make, make this big trek uh, to uh, somewhere in Virginia or Florida? Somewhere in the south. One <laughs> of those. Well, they're going in one direction. What are those I can't two which various directions they're going. And he wants to go because the, his favorite pro wrestler, the Saltwater Redneck, supposedly has this, like, uh, pro wrestling camp that he can go to. And he's like, I want to do my own thing. I want to make my own decision. I want to go to this place. And so he breaks out, and uh, Dakota Johnson, who is like his caseworker, is following him. And he ends up running into Shia LaBeouf, who is also uh, on the run for very different reasons that we, we discover. And the two go on this very Mark Twain-esque mm. journey to to find this thing and it's a movie that i feel by the end of it i felt they they just written themselves into some corners narratively like oh i guess this is how we're mm. going to end it because that's just the stuff we set up mm. that's just where we are but everything and not the ending's terrible i was just like oh okay that's the ending but everything up to that point is wonderful it is so rich with atmosphere i mean you can anyone who is familiar with the south you, you will know what i mean like you can feel the sweat and the cicadas <laughs> and everything in the, where they are um Dakota Johnson is really funny Shia LaBeouf is amazing in this movie he's so good he's so deep and there are moments where I was like I feel like he was pulling on some of his own stuff mm-hmm. in some of these scenes you also have a great uh silent cameo in the in the series so of flashbacks by John Burnthal. <laughs> so it's great to see him he has, he has no lines it was cool to see him you got John Hawks is in this uh Thomas Hayden Church is really good Mick Foley uh, but our main character, Zach Gottsagan, plays our main character, Zach. Zach Gottsagan has Down Syndrome. The movie was written for him by the directors who we all met working at a camp together, I huh. think. And it is... I, I have not gone into this a lot on the podcast, but I am a huge, soapbox, diehard advocate for the special needs community. That is a very, very, very important thing to me. And so I saw this movie with incredible, like, okay, <laughs> like, let's see, because we... That community has been burned by movies so many times. And this movie does not burn... It it is so well done. Because, obviously, they cast the guy. He's got the Mm -hmm. thing. It's own voice narrative. He's he's really good in it. Like, he's really funny. Apparently, he's been studying acting since he was, like, three. Mm. Like, he's really funny, and he's really, really genuinely good in it. And I read this great review that said, like, you know, you have a lot of neurotypical actors and able-bodied actors playing disabled characters and often with the best of intention and loving and trying to do it well. But when you see this movie, you realize what we're missing out on when yeah. you don't have the people play it. And obviously, there are so many degrees when you look at Theory of Everything and all these... There's so many variations. But here, it had to be him and he was so good. So, like, don't don't just see it because it's homework or you feel like you have to to be a quote-unquote good person. See it because it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. It's just really well done. It's really funny. And I loved how Shia LaBeouf was never... His performance is so non condescending. Most of his scenes are with Zach Gatsagan, and he's so with him in all of those scenes. Huh. Like they're so on the same level and like really connecting as characters and and as actors. Um, yeah, I really this this was the the movie I was I was talking about. Where like LaBeouf really won me over with the, with that movie. I thought he was really spectacular in it. And so go see it because it's a really great buddy road movie. But also, like, bonus, you're going to get the kind of movie that we do not get enough when it comes to special needs representation. So, yeah, The Peanut Butter Falcon, which I give a solid movie... uh, I give it somewhere solidly in the A range, and I give King of the Crystal Skull a C. (laughs) Because I feel about it that it is... I honestly liked it more than I sounded like I did in this episode. Because the... the, it's a movie that I really just—I could never be like. I'm so glad they made this, mm-hmm. but I also went, but I'm really enjoying some of it. Like I had enough yeah. fun. Like I, I really can't dislike it, but I don't feel comfortable praising it super highly. So yeah, I think a flat C is comfortable for C. Alex
0: it's what? What's your grade? I'm curious. I'm going C. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh. Yeah. D- despite my reservations, there's there's a lot just that's that's obviously wrong with the movie. There's just... The, the Spielberg touch is still very oh, yeah. much present. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, when I when I think... To, when I think about this movie, the, the first things that come to mind are not the nuclear bomb or uh, going off the waterfall or, like, any of the really bad moments. Those aren't the first things that come to mind. For me, it's all the fun stuff. Like... Like that opening bit where you know Indiana Jones he swings and and he kind of misses landing on on the truck and he's like oh, I thought that was closer. Like I think of that, I think of the the diner sequence that leads into the motorbike chase sequence and and like I, I I think of all the stuff that I really like about the movie. Um, I don't know this this one this is a movie that that's kind of easy for me to return to, Sure. which I I can't necessarily say for for the other ones and i don't know quite why that is maybe it's just the fact that it was the first indiana jones movie i saw but i i i don't know i i don't i don't find it boring i find it very entertaining despite huge problems so c i think it's got equal good and equal bad
0: i am also going d plus <laughs> <laughs> um I I yeah I figured I struggled. That,
1: that that's that sounded like you you were I struggled not with happy. I was
0: like you know maybe I should maybe I should do C minus just for Spielberg's Spielberg's you know because it is it is a competent movie yeah. but then I remembered that I that George Lucas is also involved and I think I gave both attack of the clones and revenge of the sith an F minus if I'm not mistaken
1: <laughs> That sounds right let me check
0: And probably Phantom Menace like an F Maybe that might have been D range
1: Let's see Uh no 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 Phantom Menace D-range. F Oh my God! Phantom Menace F, Attack of the Clones F minus, Revenge of the
2: Sith F minus. Yep. So you know what? <laughs> Have we ever all three given a movie the same rating? Yes. I feel like that's definitely happened. Before. It's it's happened before. I mean, Logan, we all gave A plus. Okay. If, I, if I'm i not, I figured mistaken. it was something like that or Dark Knight or something.
1: We all gave A View to a Kill a D. Oh, <laughs> okay. There you go. There
0: you go. 3D. I think we made that joke on oh, that. Ah, cute. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah. That's that. You can find us online herecometheequals.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at hctsequels You can find us uh, on iTunes if you just search "Here Come the sequels and herecometheequals.blogspot.com. Did I mention that Here Come the sequels at gmail.com? I'm mentioning them both again. It's fine. Yep. One of those on are already Twitter done. and the whole
2: thing. Mm-hmm. Once yeah, again,
1: you'd... I think we should have Britain
2: be in charge of the sign-off know. information. Uh... <laughs> but I will be in charge of this segue. So we finished uh, in, uh, Indiana Jones, uh, and I can finally get the song out of my head that I've had for the last month of watching these movies, which goes, Indiana wants me. That's all I know of that song, and I, uh, I cannot get it out of my head. But now I do get to get it out of my head. What's getting in my head next? What is our next franchise? Uh, um, well, our next franchise is Superhero Ketchup, Oh ah. <laughs> is that like the Shrek
0: ketchup? Yes. I was or is it like that to... terrible Ed Sheeran ketchup they're making us look at? It it comes out of the top of Captain America's
2: head. Just, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I love that grim dark stuff. <laughs> but no, yeah, no, but see, but we're, see we're, when they
1: when they said, "Do you bleed? You uh, you will." Like they, they they meant it a little too. Which little was little
0: followed little. shortly by the line where Superman takes a, a lick of Batman's blood off Bat, the Crash Batmobile and says, tastes like ketchup.
2: Yes. That's... But yeah, so we're, we're, we're the, the big, the, the movies we're going to be catching up on it. are Shazam, Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix, and Spider-Man yes. Far From School.
0: It'll be Captain Marvel then Shazam. Captain Marvel. We're doing it we're in doing order. Oh, right? I thought Shazam was
2: first. No. Oh, Captain Not, Marvel, Shazam.
0: I believe. Like, I'm going to the official think... record keeper. Alex? Travis.
2: Blow, blow, I blow, Captain, blow the dust off the tome. I believe Captain. Marvel. I
1: thought was Shazam was first. Let me check.
2: I know they were right close to each mm-hmm. other, right close. I, I want to. No, say...
1: no, no. Maybe it was Captain Marvel. Shazam was in early April. Yeah, Captain Marvel was March. Yeah,
2: because it was the Duel of the Captain Marvels. Yeah.
1: Yes, it was about a month earlier, so yes. it would be Captain Marvel first. So oh, it will okay, be. Cool, so cool. It, it will. Nice. You, I mean, it's it's up it's up to y'all. Unless we want to, because Captain Marvel, you know, kind of leads into Endgame. I don't know if we want to eh. do those. Yeah. i feel like it doesn't
0: really <laughs> i kind of like i release mean it, order. It, it
1: it pretends to with the after credits scene that's that's what i'm sure getting at. sure
0: i kind of like release order just to see the progression throughout the year um and in general it the kind of the, this is a nice set of movies because um we do get the two captain marvel movies we'll see i have not seen Shazam. we'll see how, how well they compare i i don't know that they'll compare at all in, yeah you know apples oranges um then we will get in-game compared with Dark Phoenix, yeah. uh, which is, we'll talk about that. Uh, and then we do get the, for now, final <laughs> Spider-Man movie to be continued, question mark.
2: Spider-Man, um, the big field trip.
0: Yes, uh, Far From Home. The, the, I just realized on.
2: Jake Gyllenhaal plays his enemy. Allegedly. Like in that movie, Enemy. <laughs> which I uh, love.
0: Yes, so uh, we'll, we'll, yeah. that'll be a good set. Um, and we'll kind of go from there. But yeah, uh, ex- fin- excited to finally get to end game. I think yeah. we're definitely going to try and get the three of us plus Joseph on that. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be a big one. I think we're all pretty excited to. And I haven't seen
2: any one. of these movies yet, so I'm coming right. uh, as, as 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 a new babe to the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm also excited to talk about Dark Phoenix. I will be. Uh, Nobody else is mysterious- I, am. I don't be, have
0: an opinion. I will I'm be missling. mysteriously sick for the Dark Phoenix <laughs> episode. Um no i I am excited to talk about that for very different reasons than alex is excited to talk about it
1: correct
0: Um,
2: (laughs) alex is slowly applying his mystique face paint (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh well thanks for listening everybody uh send us some questions or comments if you have them otherwise catch us next week i've been britain
1: uh oh yeah that's 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 the time
2: when we, we is, do the thing it right? is strange well, we
1: now
0: don't... that we've established that you you say your name and then we sign off with this sort of well we
2: established un- that we un- attempt to do that <laughs>
0: sure, unintelligible catchphrase I don't really I
2: love the I love that, uh, the the sign off all right it's well, so good well, well, how does that sign off go again
1: for... <laughs> oh. You can, You're it, putting all this pressure on me. You can't keep just pushing it my way. To do the thing you do every episode. Nothing is subjective. Uh, <laughs> is real.